Hello and welcome to another episode of TV Sessions. Today we're going to be doing a deep dive into Six Feet Under. Uh, my name's Gabe and as always I'm joined by my co-host Luke. How's it going man? It's going good. I'm glad to be here back once again. Ready yeah, this, this, this should be a fun one. Um, back for a third time, uh, we actually have Andreas joining us. How's it going Andreas? Not bad, not bad. How many more until I get like like the free visit on my stamp card? <laughs> yeah, I think at this point you're an honorary member of this podcast. <laughs> three, oh. is, three is pretty good, I gotta say. It's a pleasure, and I can't wait to do a six feet deep dive into a six feet under. It's one yeah. of my all time favorite shows, so I am super stoked. Yeah, yeah, this should be a lot of fun. Um, so I guess I'll start with you, Andreas, because you have a big attachment to this show. Um, we're all gonna talk about how we first got into it. So yeah, yeah. How, how did you first watch Six Feet Under? I'll try and keep it short and sweet, but th with this particular show, it's actually a very interesting story. And usually when I tell this story, people don't know what I'm talking about until I reach the end. But given this episode is about this show, it's a little obvious. So, um, and this is going to be like a spoiler right off the bat. So, Okay, no worries. I was 12 or 13. My family went to Chicago uh, just for like some soccer related stuff. I think like Manchester United was doing like a, a US tour. My dad's obsessed. So we went and we were, we were like, let's go for the week and figure some stuff out. But you know what that means when you're a kid and you get like your own hotel room, right? You get to access HBO for free and you get to watch all the stuff you're not allowed to. So I remember putting that on and there was a very specific scene of something. I didn't know what it was because back then there was like no guides there was no, like, I mean, I guess I could have searched on the internet, but, like, back then search engines weren't fine-tuned enough that you could search up something this abstract. But specifically, there was a guy basically being gagged, doused in gasoline, and it scared the ever-loving shit out of me as, as like, a 12 or 13-year-old. And for years, this thing scared me. And it's like, what did I watch? I don't know what this is. This is, like, the end of, of the show. And I can tell by your reactions, like, you already know what I'm talking about. Yes, we do. Five or six years later, um, for the longest time, I just wasn't a TV guy because I'm a completionist. I just felt too daunting. But I knew there was one I wanted to watch, and that was Six Feet Under because I'm obsessed with, with American Beauty, which is also by Alan Ball. Once I reached the episode, That's My Dog, and I saw that all over again, I was like, holy crap, like the PTSD that just came rushing back. And I was like, wait, it was this? This was the show? And it was just like the weirdest thing because that's when I knew it would be one of my favorites if it wasn't already. The fact that like 30 seconds out of context, I didn't know what this was, and it traumatized me for years. That's how yeah. effective the show is. And for the longest time, like I, I majored a marathon in like a, in like a week, as, as I usually do. Watched it a few other times growing up as like a young teenager, and it just was like the precedent, the bar for all TV that I watched ever since. Yeah, so it's still your number one show, eh? One of them. I'll get one into that. that. That's that's really awesome, though. Yeah, that's a great, really specific story that like you remember the exact scene you saw as a kid. How do you uh, forget it? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially that one. Uh, what about you, Luke? When did you watch Six Feet Under? So I gotta ask first, Andreas. How long did it take you to finish the show? You said a week. <laughs> something like that <laughs> uh, so he might have me beat then because i thought no one would have finished the show quicker than i did i actually watched the show back in september of 2019 i mean not september november of 2019 and i watched it all in 19 days so i watched it all in under three weeks it might have been 17 actually it's either 17 or 19 that's but i watched it fast. it's it's still a really good binge that's under three weeks and it's yeah. a 62 episode show 
So, yeah. but yeah, what I didn't know too much going into it. I knew it was about a family that owns a funeral home. And I knew that people always said, oh, it's the best series finale ever. And I knew it was emotional. Okay. So I guess I knew a decent about decent bit about it. I knew Michael C. Hall was in it, but like plot wise, I didn't know any details mm-hmm. at all, but it's just a show that always stood out to me. Always looked really interesting. Um, so yeah, watch the whole thing in 19 days. Good little binge. Yeah. Um, so for me, I'm, pr- I watched it the most recently. Uh, I think I messaged both of you during my watch. Cause uh, mm-hmm. I'll just say a big reason I watched it was like starting the podcast, me and Luke started with our top 10 favorite shows. And the two shows in his top 10 that I hadn't seen were The Americans and Six Feet Under. So I watched The Americans and loved it. And I, I just knew that me and Luke have very similar tastes. So I was like, I got to watch the other one <laughs> that I haven't seen. And then I, I did same thing with Luke. I knew about the premise. I knew Michael C. Hall was in it and I had seen Dexter and I knew it had a great series finale. Those were the only things I knew. And I knew it was emotional. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so I watched it. I think I started it right after I finished The Americans and I finished The Americans in February this year. So I started it right after. Uh, I watched it slower than you guys. I know I'm not as much of a crazy binger, but um, I really, really, really enjoyed it. I just loved it more and more as it went. And man, mm-hmm. that series finale lived up to the hype. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. One of my favorites. Like I would put it towards the top five like of, of my favorites. Like, Among was, finales? Yeah. No, no, yeah. the show as a whole. Honestly. Oh yeah, the show as a whole. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. Wow. It would, okay. be, it would be in my, close to my top five, like possibly my number five, to be honest. It's that good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess we can get into the details now. So. We'll start with season rankings. Um, so I'll just start it. I'll just give my whole list. This is my rankings of the seasons, and then we can get into detail. We won't go crazy with the season rankings just because, um, okay. I don't know. I just There's not as much to talk about, in my opinion, but we'll, we'll see where it goes. Um, so for me, my list, I have uh, season five is my favorite, season two next, then season three, then season one, then season four. Um, that's my list. What, what's your list, Luke? I have the exact same ranking. The exact same? <laughs> yeah, That's my nice. ranking is five, two, three, one, four. And I just want to say these are one of this is one of those shows where it's kind of hard to rank the seasons. Like there's not like really like a standout season that stands above way above the rest. I feel like I feel like it's just really consistently good. But I would say five was definitely the peak and four was good, but the weakest overall. So yeah. Uh, what about you, Andreas? Do you have a list, or what are your favorite I th- seasons? I think the first time I came onto this pod, I remember – I don't know if it was on the air or not. I remember being like uh, – Floor left a big, really big impression on me, and I remember Luke was like, why, kind of. But then, like, now that I've, like, revisited the show, mm-hmm. yeah, Floor's <laughs> not quite as good as I remember. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. We'll, we'll I remember you saying Floor was your favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So what okay, is your favorite? So I'm curious what your favorite season is. For sure, five is. Yeah. And okay. I would argue that like if I made like a top twenty-five like best seasons of all time, mm-hmm. that would be one the one of them, maybe even the top ten. Yeah. Um, I'll go five, maybe three second. Yeah. Two, one, and then four. Which yeah. I think four is still very underrated, but it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it just appeals to like my my death metal emo face that I had as a teenager. Maybe. We'll get into all <laughs> of that. Is Cla- it Claire's plot? Yeah, I kind of see where you're going. Yeah. yeah. We, we can well, get to the detail now. Yeah, like spoilers yeah, well, and stuff. Go for it. Okay, okay, so when it comes to the details, I loved just how dark Four was. Not necessarily uh, Claire herself, but mm-hmm. just in general. Like, for me, the most memorable parts, and I'll go into this with, like, the scenes that we discuss mm-hmm. uh, later on, the Nate storyline, and especially the David storyline. But now that, like... I've like revisited it. It's like, 
you know, David imagining him being attacked by himself. I mean, that's, that's really fucking corny. Now that I'm older, like, that's just, like, too on the nose. There are yeah. just some things that are a little too melodramatic, which I don't have a problem with its darkness, mm-hmm. which a lot of critics did, which I don't necessarily agree with. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always have to be a balance between dark comedy and dark tragedy, mm-hmm. but it kind of feels like occasionally it does a little too much, whereas season five is similar, but it does it right. Yeah, I was gonna because season five does do the same thing, but you're right, it does it right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say, did you say the Nate storyline in season four? Because for me, that's one of my criticisms is that I. Can you remind me what his story? I don't remember Nate in season four that well. For me, Nate in season three, towards the end of season three, is great. But like, I can't remember Nate much of Nate in season four. It's just kind of like the aftermath of him like grieving about Lisa. Like I think, um, Anna Gunn who plays Oh yeah, Skylar Breaking Bad. I think he has like a small thing with her. Um, he's just trying to latch on to anything. I think he goes to like some therapy group or something. Yeah, yeah. At some place. Okay. It's like it's like his ex- existential season, basically, after yeah. Lisa's death. Okay. Yeah, and fair. he talks to like someone who, and they're like, Lisa's still alive. I think it's like um, not a genie or something of the sort. Uh, not a genie. What the hell am I talking like about? Like a medium? <laughs> a fucking. Um, a genie. <laughs> Why did I say genie? Why is that the fortune first teller? <laughs> yeah, fortune teller. Yeah, fortune teller. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's some good things. Yeah. For me, the reason season four is the weakest. Um, like, like you said, Luke, it's hard to separate the seasons. Cause for me, like the show just kind of goes together as one whole. Like there's not that many things that are like big differences between seasons. It's just, you're mm-hmm. following these characters. Right. Um, yeah. but for me, it's the only season where there was particular storylines that I was kind of bored. Like, to be honest, I thought a lot of it was a little dragged out. Like for me, um, the Rico and the stripper stuff, I didn't yeah. really like that. Like it just felt, it felt forced. It felt a little bit like, we need a reason for Rico's marriage to become more interesting. Cause then like, there's all this tension with him and his wife and like that stuff's kind of interesting, but the stripper stuff goes on for a long time. Like he seems to care so much about this stripper and like, he has to be the good guy. And like, I thought that just went on for too long. It wasn't really yeah. that bad, but like it was kind of dragged out and I kind of got bored anytime there was a scene with him and her. Um, and yeah. then also um, the Claire and the art school stuff was good. I thought the Claire art school stuff was great in season three, but in season four, I don't know. Like, there's just a lot of new friends she makes, and it wasn't bad. It just felt a little dragged out. Like, all these new characters at the art school, and it kind of just felt a bit repetitive. Like, they're yeah. all trying to, they're all edgy, trying to find their way. Like, I liked it more in season three. If I'm wrong, is this the season where Claire and her mother are, like, just, like, not talking, and it goes on for a little too long as well? I think that's season five, isn't it? Yeah, it goes into season five. It, yeah. it, it might start in season four. four. Yeah. It, yeah. It might start in four, yeah. Yeah, okay, in five, I think because a lot of the stuff surrounding it's a little bit more interesting, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I do agree with, like, um, the, the Rico storyline. It, it's almost as if they felt this incessant need to just have Rico be broken, because, like, yeah. in the, our earlier seasons, he's being sought after for his expertise, mm-hmm. and he's got issues at home. So mm-hmm. here, what's it going to be this season? That's basically what it was. Instead of allowing them to just take a step back, yeah, they, they, had to, they had to do something, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. It's still a good season. Like, I still really like the finale, and I think it's solid. But it's just, it's the only time where I could feel, like, things being dragged out, I guess is how yeah. I would put it. Like, he just kind of mm-hmm. lost the plot a little, in, in my opinion. Like, um, these plots aren't even that bad. It's just it's just not their best stuff that they've yeah. done. Like, compared to, like, the Lisa storyline at the end of season three, it's nothing. Yeah. But then, um, the it. Justin Throw storyline is just okay. Like yeah. I said, I like it. It's just not their, it's like, whatever. It's good. Yeah, it's all right. I liked it. Um. And then, yeah, I can talk about season two because season two is my second favorite. Correct me if I'm wrong, but in my opinion, I feel like the first two seasons were the best at 
the opening death actually like feeling important and being threaded throughout the episode. Whereas yep. it felt like in the later totally seasons, agree. there would be an opening death and then it wouldn't be that important for the rest. So like, that's something yeah. I really liked about season two was like each death in the beginning was like a major theme of that episode. And it was really consistent. And then obviously the Nate brain surgery stuff was like really compelling. Uh, mm -hmm. Him and Brenda's relationship is very toxic, but like it was such good drama that season. Um, yeah, I really love season two. I think it, you could argue season two was the best season because like season five, I think is really the second half that like is outstanding. That's true. It's the it's final like, stretch that really just yeah, like, but, like, um, like two and five are really, really strong, like easily the best in my opinion. Yeah. I agree that two is like the most consistently well-written just from start to finish, like on a episode to episode basis, but like five is high, five high points, like really hard to top. That's what like puts five at the top for me, but yeah, I could go either way with five or two. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you raise a really good point about the deaths because I recall, and I could be wrong about these because it's been like again, it's been a really long time since I've watched these. I recall somewhere it's like somebody like, uh, like died smiling or something, and I like that barely had like any relevance for like the entire episode or like. Uh, sounds familiar, so, but I can't. Yeah, remember. yeah, there's some like there's some like other similar ones where it's like more of a statement rather than a theme. Mm -hmm. And I don't. I didn't expect it to be an episodic show where it's like we have to deal with with the the grieving people and their time of bereavement of this particular death every single time. Yeah. But um, I do like that they still continue to it because it made the finale's opening all that more effective. Mm -hmm. um, I also think in the first two seasons especially i don't remember the guy's name but uh claire's ex-boyfriend in, in season one with like the kid gabe. brother gabe, yeah, gabe. gabe. <laughs> oh, well unfortunately, they even made that connection when i said that there's not that many on tv gabriels so yeah i, was like, <laughs> and, I, I took and, note and of that this, i was like oh. <laughs> and this guy's a complete asshole so i mean like <laughs> yeah. unfortunate um it was very impactful because like that or like the end of season one where it's like i believe it's like the golf ball yeah it's, that was a good yeah, all of these things where it's Finale. like now it's like actually tying in very close to home, whether it's like accidental and they never discover it or mm -hmm. the Fisher family does get directly affected by it. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, there are some like really funny ones, which is, but it's weird because I almost give these later ones a pass, even though in the first episode, the pilot, they had those commercials, which think Christ yeah. in you. They're almost in line with that, where it's like just like this little punctuation mark, and then it passes for like the death, like the opening deaths later on, especially mm -hmm. for some episodes. I I'm glad that those commercials did not continue for one episode. Fine, but if they continued for the whole thing, mm -hmm. that would get so tiresome. It would have been too much. It would have been yeah. too much. I really enjoyed it in the first episode, but I agree. I can understand why they took it out. It just would have been too much. Yeah. Yeah. Um. One more thing, I just want to add in a couple things, um, just like general thoughts. There were so many actors that I recognized, like there's so many guest stars and like stuff where I was like, yeah. oh, I know that person, I know this person. And like, it was always before they were famous. One that I found really funny was um, in season three, uh, Ruth and um, Arthur, that like yeah. temp who comes in, he's Dwight from The Office. And I honestly yeah. think, I honestly think part of why he got casted as Dwight is his character in Six Feet Under. He was so like awkward and weird and like their dynamic is one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. So like, I just feel like his bizarreness in this show is like part of why he he's become a successful actor. So that yeah. was just kind of a funny thing to note. Also, like yeah, Justin Thoreau, Anna Gunn. There were so many people where I was like, this is like kind of before they were famous. That's cool. And Foster. I mean, like yeah, yeah there were a ton of people. As for uh, the Arthur character by Rain Wilson, mm -hmm. 
he's so freaking weird because it's like <clears throat> he's so obsessed with the field it's as if he himself is a living corpse and he's okay with it like he's just such a weird lifeless character but like yeah. in a good way like like yeah. what is this guy's deal yeah just his dynamic with ruth was so strange that i just and enjoyed watching it just because i still haven't quite was. figured that out either like yeah. why is their relationship like strangely like adorable in a way i don't get it well, because yeah. she is like a, she mentions it in, in the first episode. She's never lived alone since she was a teenager. She doesn't know how to do this. It's almost as if she's like living with like like a ghost or like just like a being that's not there, yeah. but comfortable because he just goes about his own business professionally, and she's not alone. I, I, it's just really weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fair enough. Um, last thing before we move on to episodes, um, did you guys like? Actually, maybe. Um, fuck it. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to I'm just yeah just in case someone has this in their top five I'm worried but I'll still say it do you okay. guys like do you guys like the that's my dog episode like the one where David gets like I know you're, it was your traumatizing moment like do you on like I'm actually gonna mention it yeah okay you are gonna mention it okay I just <laughs> wanted to say I, I just have to say I didn't like that episode like I honestly didn't it was too jarring for me like it was just too much like it's an entire episode of just like him being tortured and like I just can't wa I didn't enjoy it. Like, even though it made sense for his character later on, like, I just didn't like that episode, to be honest. Yeah. That's very um, fair. It's not my top five, but I did enjoy that episode. I rated it a nine on IMDb. I remember, like, really enjoying it the first time I saw it. Yeah. I, really, I just yeah. didn't. I can see I how it, it's, like, yeah. It's, like, one of those things, like, yeah, it's kind of random, but it, it worked for me. It's, I, I don't know. It didn't feel off to me, I guess yeah. you could say. It felt too a little over the top to me. I don't know why. Like, it just, like, they really were milking it, like, trying to make you feel so horrified. And, like, they, it works, but, like, it just felt too much. I don't know. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, um, I'll get into yeah. it when I, when I talk about it. <laughs> okay. No worries. Yeah. I see, it, like, David just comes across some random guy. Like, I get yeah, that. Yeah. It just like, comes yeah. out of nowhere, and it feels like a different show. Like, you're so uncomfortable the entire time, just, like, hoping. <laughs> I don't know. It made sense for where they take his character, but I, I don't know. Yeah. Fair um, enough. Okay, let's get into favorite episodes. So, um, uh, I'll start with you, Andreas. So we'll do we'll all list our honorable mentions first, I guess, and then we can go into our top five. So, Andreas, what are your, some of your honorable mentions? Um, God, like I said off the air, I could list like thirty of these, so I'm just gonna list one, just because yeah. it's not here. Uh, actually, I'll list a couple in general. Mm -hmm. The one I was thinking of is the pilot. Yeah, it's one of my favorite pilots. I've seen it a a heap of times like i've said i've i've seen the show three times mm -hmm. the pilot i've seen at least like 15 because of all the people i show it to so at mm -hmm. this point it's like a grain in my brain yeah. but i love like the season two finale i mm -hmm. think there's like uh like each season starts and ends really well like the four premiere was fantastic yeah um one of the better episodes of season four um so those would be like my honorable mentions but specifically the pilot those are good ones. Uh, Luke, how about you? Yeah, those those are both honorable mentions for me. Um, yeah, so I have 10. I'll just list them real quick. Uh, so I have episode four of season three. It's titled Nobody Sleeps. I have the season four premiere. Uh, I'll save details when we get to favorite scenes. Um, that's my dog. The episode you don't like. The episode yeah. you're not a fan of. That's an honorable <laughs> mention for me. The season four finale, untitled. Static, the penultimate episode of the whole show. Season five, episode 11. Now I'm going to get into honorable mentions that would make my top five. I mean, my top 10, if we were doing a top 10. Hmm. So my top, so number 10 would be the season three finale. I'm sorry. I'm lost. Number mm -hmm. nine would be the pilot. The very first episode of the show. I agree with Andreas. One of the best pilots ever. Definitely one of my favorites. Um, number eight. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Season two, oh, episode eight. That's a good one. It's a good one. 
it's a banger. Uh, number seven, Time Flies, season five, episode four. It's um, Nate's birthday party episode, I think. I think it's Nate's birthday. Um, number six, I'll Take You, season two, episode 12. Um, and yeah, that's it for honorable mentions. Yeah, those are some good ones. I think you guys have mentioned all mine. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I only have a couple. I just have um, the season two finale, The Last Time. That's an honorable mention for me. Just love the way they wrapped up season two. I have, um, oh, here's one you guys didn't have. I have um, Nobody Sleeps, season three, episode four. That's an honorable mention. I did me. have that one. Oh, that was, the, have that, that was the very first one I mentioned. Okay, yeah. yeah just Definitely the birthday, a good one, though. The birthday party for Ruth is just really strange. It's so good. It's yeah. just so like <laughs> fun to watch that dynamic. It's so funny. Um, mm. And then I also have Time Flies, season five, episode four, the Nate birthday party. So I had two yep. birthday party episodes. That's good. Yeah. I just like those party the episodes. The get-togethers are so good. Yeah, yeah, all the characters in one place, the self-contained stuff. It's Always the best. Yeah. Uh, so those are my honorable mentions. Okay, so let's get into the top five. So Andreas, what episode do you have at number five? Well, luckily we could get it out of the way right away. <laughs> Season four, episode five, that's my dog. Okay, so let me oh, explain. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. So, I, I will explain. Um, you're absolutely right, Gabe. It is extremely exploitational, extremely like jarring, especially because it really doesn't carry the same tone of the entire series at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when it comes to polarizing stuff, and this is obviously where you could be either here or there, you can either agree that what they did for this decision worked or if it didn't. And, and for me, it did. Not even, like, let's, let's forget how I was first introduced to it. A major theme of the show is death. And for pretty much, it's not the entire episode, but I'd argue like 40 minutes of it, I thought David was going to die. I actually thought he was going to die. And you get that brush with death where if you look at the whole grand scheme of things, you look at Nate, Nate's death is very slow throughout the entire series. Like you're just like, you know, it's going to happen. You know, he's getting sick. Like you just know what's going to happen. He's got this thing that he can't shake off. But then there's this, and it's almost like reminiscent of like the, the pilot episode where like it, like bam the patriarch of the family just dies out of nowhere mm-hmm. and it's almost like comedic it's like oh well shit he's dead <laughs> like it just comes out of nowhere mm-hmm. here it's almost like that but the scary version where it's like if you're gonna do it just get it over with because you're just like you just don't know where this is gonna go you, this is where it's like has he wasted his life made the wrong decisions and everything it's as if his life is flashing before your eyes throughout the entire episode and for me, it's exceptionally effective in that way. I also understand that this will not be everyone's cup of tea. To mm-hmm. me, this is almost like that fly episode of Breaking Bad, not the bottle mm-hmm. a- aspect of it, because it's not a bottle episode per se, mm-hmm. but how different in tone it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's uh, it's either going to be your cup of tea or it's not. But I feel like they're both still like, really well made, very daring. Um, for me, um, that's why Dog just really worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's totally fair yeah yep. um yeah i guess i yeah I, I i i think it does fit thematically for the show like the way you said the brushing with death totally works but yeah just my taste i just didn't like how over the top they went with it but yeah totally fair yeah i mean it um, is for a very long time and it's like you know yeah. crack and yeah um, he just keeps going at him keeps going at him it's just like you want it to end kind of thing which i guess is the point so you're right they they did it they did execute it well it's just i didn't like it i guess yeah i could easily see why this would put people off the show where it's like i don't want to see it anymore like that was just too much you know so i I get that yeah uh so luke what do you have at number five yeah so number five i have the last time 
season two finale, you had it as an honorable mention. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is one of those times where, like, I'm really glad of where they went with the style of having a death be the intro every single time because from start to finish, this was so good. So at the very start, they have – so at the very start, we know we're going to get a death right off the bat. So I can't tell you – I don't know if you guys were the same way. The anxiety I felt when the opening shot was the Fisher family sitting there eating, like, breakfast or, like, lunch or something at the dinner table. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. God, which, which one of the Fishers <laughs> are going to die in this opening? So, like – so I remember that setting, like, the foundation for the episode and then – was there an actual the, death though? Like, did someone? No, die? there wasn't an actual death. It actually cut to Nate going to visit the guy at the hospital that he'd been seeing. Oh, right. guy. And then um, two other big events happened that episode. David and Keith's fight was absolutely phenomenal. How mm-hmm. David was just trying to like hold back his feelings about his like brother potentially dying. He just had to keep it bottled up because like Keith was in a really like raw state as well, and he couldn't like. He couldn't show any emotion around Keith because Keith could lash out at any time. So David kind of had to like keep it all his emotions about his brother dying bottled up. But then it came coming out, and then and then we got that great fight between him and Keith. Um, really good scene. And then obviously all the Nate ATM stuff, or was it what was the name of the disease? Was ATM? I mean yeah, not I ATM. AT, um, AVM. AVM. Sorry. Um, yeah, that whole plot was really good. That really. Um, came to life in the season two finale overall just a really good episode yeah not a good pick um i one thing yeah so i doesn't doesn't the guy he visit die in that episode is that the death of the episode? yeah that's that's the death okay. in the cold open right, or, right okay yeah yeah that was a good scene when he dies <laughs> like doesn't mm-hmm. nate like hold him or something and yeah he like, keeps saying yeah. it's okay it's okay or something yeah. like that yeah that's a good episode yeah. um so my number five you guys have already mentioned that's the pilot <laughs> Um, oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, I have the pilot number five, just because I was thinking of making it an honorable mention, but I was like, I like this episode so much that like, fuck it. Like, it, it really mm-hmm. is one of my favorite pilots. Um, it just, I, I rarely get that emotionally attached after one episode, like, especially the ending, the ending when his dad gets on the bus and waves at him. Like, mm-hmm. I was hit, I was hit really hard in the feels there. Like, I was like, damn. Like, you messaged me right after yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, holy shit, like that, the way they executed that at the end, I was like, I care so much about all these characters already. And then just the tone and like the quirkiness of it right away. It was just one of my favorite pilots ever. Like it just really, I knew I was going to love the show right away. I was fascinated by all the characters. Uh, the premise was just like, I was totally sold on it. Like, this is great. And yeah, the mix of comedy and drama, there's a lot of funny moments with like, um, like when David, uh, he yells at like the people in the funeral home, but it's, he's actually imagining it. And then he, he's actually just like shaking their hand. Like the, the humor, the dark humor was really impressive to me. And I was like, I can see why this show was like ahead of its time and it's only been one episode. Like, so I just think yep. the way I was so hooked after one is really impressive. And that's a big reason why it's one of my favorite pilots ever. Um, so since it is one of my favorite pilots ever, I thought it deserved number five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it for sure is a fantastic pilot where you immediately, um, yeah, immediately like you, you see like a major character die and it's like, Oh, that's going to be the premise of the show. What's uh, Nate senior going to like leave in his wake. And then you like, you see like his, his asshole of a ghost, like, you know, basically not a ghost ghost, but you know, like the figment of like the, the, the Fisher son's imagination. It's just mm-hmm. like, you know, affecting them or, mm-hmm. um, you know, like the comedy is perfectly balanced. I particularly love the grocery store scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> i don't remember exactly claire. what but the guy yeah. says where it's like uh like you'll have to pay for those or something yeah, like, claire claire smashes them. Them. 
Yeah. yeah. So he yells and he's like, him. oh, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta there's remember a, that. There's a lot of good outbursts where they just yell and it's just like, oh, I, I like these characters. <laughs> I'm going to save my favorite one later, but it is in the yeah. pilot. Like is the it when pilot. Ruth says, he was a good man? <laughs> no, not that one. Oh, okay. Not that one. You, you, you'll hear <laughs> That's another is. one, though. Okay, but I, I, I do love when Ruth starts talking about, like, uh, you know, her, her affair with Hiram. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. And the, she they, loses it. Yeah. In David's face. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, uh, uh, why are we listening to this? Why does this matter? Like, yeah. It's yeah. not that, though. I'll get it to my favorite one later. But, yeah, the right. pilot is just sensational. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, number four. So what do you have at number four, Andreas? I had I, I had one episode, but since you guys have started to talk about it, I'm just going to kind of combine the two because it's kind of like the part one to this episode. I had I'll Take You, um, mm-hmm. the second last episode of season two, but I'm going to combine that with the last time because they really do go hand in hand in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. especially with uh, Ruth and her, her relationship in, in that season and like, you know, her, 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 her job that she ends up quitting. Also, like the uh, the, the Aaron storyline as well. Like as as you brought up, Luke. Like you know, starting off with like the Fisher family. It's like, where is this gonna go? Who's gonna die? Especially because you know Nate's got issues. Mm-hmm. Anybody could go at any time. That's a major theme of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the Brenda storyline because especially what happens in I guess the part not the literal part one but the previous episode. Mm-hmm. Brenda's discovered. You know, yeah. She she mm-hmm. tries to rectify it. But it's too late, especially once you see like the season three premiere, and it's like, well, shit, they didn't end up together. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like they leap ahead, and he's like with Lisa and everything. So, yeah. season three works really well with how it leaps ahead, but it needed the episodes before it to mm-hmm. set it up that way. And I'll Don't take make you that jump. exactly. I'll take you set up the last time nicely and the last time set up all of season three nicely. So mm-hmm. I think they both work really well. It's kind of cheating, but it, it yeah. was going to be, I'll take you. But then once you brought up the last time, it's like, okay, maybe I need to combine the two. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair enough. so technically yeah. that's my dog. It's, it's uh, not in my top five anymore, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I technically uh, have them together too, because I have, I'll take you at number six, technically, but it's an yeah. mention. Then the last time. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Um, one thing I'll add, since you mentioned the season three premiere, um, it, don't they try to trick you? Doesn't it start with like Nate's, mm-hmm. like it, they make it seem like Nate died. They have his name with the white. And then there's yeah. like this weird sequence where it's like, what would happen if he actually died? And he sees all this weird shit. And then yeah. he actually didn't die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, they yeah. do. And especially would... because it's like a time leap and you're still like thrown in a loop. The season after. two finale is one of the biggest cliffhangers ever. Yeah, I remember like, that. That shook me when it started in season three, and it was like he died. I was like, "What? He died?" I, I, like, I bought it. Yeah. And yeah. given what the sh- given like the theme of the show, I thought he actually died. I'm like, yeah. And same. I didn't have a problem with it either. I'm like, wow, that's actually kind of powerful. But like, yeah, yeah. I'm so glad they kept him around longer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah good pick for uh, your number four. So, what do you have at number four, Luke? Number four, I have season three, episode eleven, "Death Works Overtime," mm-hmm. and. When I first finished the series, this was my second favorite, but after rewatching some stuff and looking back on it as a whole, this fell to number four. But mm-hmm. dude, this is still up there for me. Like it's like easily the most anxiety inducing episode of the show. Like just you you that worry and anxiety that Nate feels, you feel every single bit of that because we don't know where the hell Lisa's at. Like mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I can just like relate to that fear, like not being able to get a hold of a loved one. Like you have like no idea where they're at, like if they're okay. Like mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck I would do if, if I was Nate. Like, I wouldn't be able to function. I wouldn't be able to fucking, I don't know how we even like, because was it over like the course of like three days or something like that? He couldn't find her. 
Um, yeah, I, in that episode, I'm not sure, but over it was over, I think, longer than three days where he didn't know. Like, he didn't get answers for a while, it felt like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But just watching that episode and just watching it gradually eat away at him, just, like, that worry mm-hmm. and that – and they just – all the characters are just slowly losing hope over time. They're, like, they, they start out kind of opti- – besides Nate, obviously. They all kind of start out optimistic. They're, like, okay, mm-hmm. she's probably just off doing something, whatever. Especially Ruth. I remember Ruth is so Ruth sure. specifically. Yeah, yep. yeah. Because mm-hmm. you know Ruth. She wants to, like, think the best of things. She wants to be optimistic. Whereas Nate, he's a little more cynical about life and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. Ruth, she can't afford to have any more sadness in her life. So she wants to believe so bad that Lisa's okay. But by mm-hmm. the end of the episode, everyone's just kind of like, fuck, something might be wrong here. Yeah. And that that ending scene where – we'll get to this in favorite scenes later. But when we hear a knock at Nate's motel door, and we're thinking, finally, Lisa's finally coming back. We're going to have some relief to end off this episode. But we just – it's uh, it was David and Claire, actually. And I remember, like, at the time – that they both hugged Nate and they, and Nate started breaking down. I started breaking down along with Nate and that, mm-hmm. and they end the episode right there. That episode was just a gut punch, a gut punch. And it's just, I don't know. It's definitely in my top four. Yeah. That's a good pick. That I agree. That moment where they hug is whew, one of the most powerful, really powerful moments. Really powerful yeah. moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my number four is a similar episode. Um, sim- similar like storyline, but a different one. I have the mm-hmm. season three finale. Um, yep. so I'm sorry I'm lost I'm sorry I'm lost yeah yeah that's my number four so it's kind of like the climax of the Lisa storyline because like you figure out actually what happened they find her her body um and then it's like peak Nate like going crazy for me like he's just lost it completely um it's like rock bottom for yeah Nate. like he has a huge argument with Ruth that I really love um and it kind of like pays off the tension from like the pilot where like he's he feels pressured True. to stay when he doesn't want to stay and it's when like Ruth and Nate just start yelling at each other and he blames her for making him stay and it's just one of the best arguments and then he gets into a bar fight and he's a mess and then he's like driving home and like uh he has there's the there's Lisa talking to him and his father talking to him and he's like I don't want to die like one of the most anxiety inducing scenes for me like I was like holy shit um yeah also has the intro of Justin Thoreau I just remember the first time I saw that I was like oh shit he's in the show what was Um, the intro oh Oh, like, oh, that's where he comes in. Yeah, okay, it's his first, his first scene is in this episode, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so just, and also the way it ends. It ends with him coming back to Brenda, and then it gives you the flash of Lisa, and it, like, confirms that Lisa died, and the music comes in, and it has her name at the end of the episode, instead of mm-hmm. a death at the beginning, which, actually, there is a death at the beginning, too. But the death, the fact that they did that at the end was, like, really powerful. It, it, I thought that was a perfect way to, like, confirm, because you're so confused. You're like, what happened? And it, like, it confirms that she gives died. a little bit of closure. Yeah, and we get even really... more closure later on, but I would have been fine if they didn't. We didn't. Yeah. If, that, if the season three ending was all the closure we got, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Also, one more thing about the season three finale. Claire going to the graveyard is great in the way they, she talks to all the dead people, her father. She talks to Gabe, I think. And then he, mm-hmm. she also talks to Lisa. Like, so that's where you first realize she's probably dead. She talks to yep. Lisa and like, mm-hmm. um, also she got an abortion at some point And like, there's stuff about that. And like the way all the characters stories, like, I just love the season three finale. I think it's easily one of the best episodes. Yeah, it's my number four. Um, for my three because my three and two are very similar, I'm just going to split them together and okay. I'm just going to use this opportunity to keep talking about uh, the season <laughs> three finale. There you so, go. Uh, I'm sorry I'm lost. Is uh, Yeah, no, it really is fantastic. Um, you have that at number three? Yeah, I have it at number three okay, now. Okay, cool. Uh, I, I just kind of tossed it in there. You'll see when I reach my number two why. Um, okay. It's, uh, I think I was deceived into loving season four as much as I did because of how appropriately set up it was with with uh season three 
I remember when I first watched this and I was, you know, a teenager, I was young, you know, around immature people. A lot of people hated Lisa, but here I was like, I was like torn. I was like devastated because of this episode. Mm, I wouldn't say she's like my favorite character or anything, but I thought she was sweet. I thought she was like an important person. I, I like, I, I, it felt real. And mm-hmm. it's interesting how much they toy around with wh- whether or not she's dead because mm-hmm. on this show, pretty much every other death is like defined. It's like, it's like right there. Mm-hmm. It happened. They don't, the only other one I can think of is Nate, where it's like basically the entire series. Mm-hmm. Um, well, when they actually die, I mean, of course, because otherwise, you know, they, they toy with the idea a lot, but they don't die. With this, though, it's like you're stuck in that limbo for the longest time. And I feel like it, it's like the, the one time in the series you're allowed to feel like one of the loved ones who are uncertain about what has just happened. You're not the first to find out. Like with Nate Sr., you were the first to find out before the Fisher family. Um, with Nate Jr., you were the first to find out before anyone else. Like with this it's like you weren't you you had to be told the news mm-hmm. and i think i think it's very effective and yeah with everything else that you know you both have already brought up um mm-hmm. it it's it's a banger of of a finale especially with a like you know to wrap up a season that was meant to um feel like a, a new start like you know a new passage of time we mm-hmm. miss the the fishers for like this x amount of years as if life just zipped past and then it ends so mm-hmm. um i feel like it was very effective however it is the start of rico and his storyline with the stripper so i mean <laughs> i forgot about that <laughs> my deputy is gonna be <laughs> yeah the other stuff's too good <laughs> so. <laughs> the, the other stuff's important yeah. so yeah yeah so that was your number three okay yes uh, so luke what do you have at number three so at number three, I have Echo Tone. I believe that's how you pronounce it anyways. Uh-huh. Echo Tone. Uh, yeah. Season five, episode nine. Obviously, yeah. Nate's death episode. Yeah. Um, but the whole the episode as a whole is just fantastic. The episode before, we got that cliffhanger with Nate having the seizure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he passed out. And that's where the fucking um, – that's, that's where episode eight ended. Then we jump into episode nine. And I love this episode because we're like – all the interactions at the hospital, so good. And then we have all these – revelations and confrontations between especially between um what's her name maggie um george's yeah. daughter and yeah. brenda i thought the mm-hmm. the confrontations and just the awkward tension between them it was so well done they're mm-hmm. in the same waiting room together but and shout out to brenda brenda handled that really well like mm-hmm. earlier season brenda might have like beat that girl's ass but like brenda <laughs> brenda handled it well um even though she was throwing some shade at that girl but like fair enough yeah. um all the um, interactions in the hospital were so good. And then it comes out of his coma. He wakes back up. So we're like, oh, okay, everything's good now. And then in six feet, six feet under like fashion, they just hit you with that. Nate dies. And I think it's, it's so appropriate for the show. The fact that he wakes up and then like five minutes later, he dies. It's just like, it's perfect. Yeah, that dream sequence is so good. And that dream sequence is yeah. so good. It's oh. devastating. Yeah. The way, like, I love the way that it starts off with Nate's dream and then it kind of, like, converges to where it's David's dream almost. Mm-hmm. And I think that really, like, that kind of shows the bond they have, kind of mm-hmm. that synchronicity between the two, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, that brother-like bond. And I think that was handled really well. Um, yeah. And then I surprisingly didn't cry for some reason, but it really fucking impacted me. And I just sat yeah. there in silence for, like, 20 yeah. minutes i couldn't believe they actually killed him that's number yeah. three for me easily yeah um that, that would definitely be a high honorable mention for me i just realized i didn't have that in my top five but i, I forget which one of you mentioned this but i think one of you said um 
that like you it was that you were expecting Nate to die because like I wasn't like it actually shocked me like I for some reason when he I woke wasn't up, expecting him to die yeah, yeah was when he expecting. woke up from his coma and it was fine I was like they're not gonna kill the main character and then like so when that dream hit and he died at the end I was shocked it's like, like yeah just because the show was about to end I didn't think they would do something like that right at the like I don't know like I thought he was gonna survive so that completely really agree. impacted me yeah yeah completely agree um okay so that was your number three right that was my number three. Yeah. Uh, so my number three, I have, um, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Um, that's my number three, season two, episode eight. I don't think you'd um, have it that high, but that's awesome. Honestly, this is like arguably one of the best episodes in the show, in my opinion. Really? Like, yeah. I, yeah. Not a I, I revisited really it. I revisited it, like rewatched it just to like remind myself of what I liked in the early seasons. And like, there's not a bad scene in this episode. Like it's just a banger from start to finish. Um, so you have the bike, the biker gang funeral, which is like one of my favorite like deaths and like the way it impacts the episode. Um, they're playing all this good music like Freebird and like all these unreal songs and they're just like vibing at this funeral having a good time and like there's a really impactful scene with Nate um, when like this woman talks to him about like living life to the fullest and like Nate feels like he hasn't lived his life to the fullest and he's really honest with her and then she gives him his bike and he rides the bike at the end of the episode like that that was like one of my favorite scenes I don't know I just love the way Nate's just riding on the bike at the end like feeling like I don't know like it's just a really profound moment um that episode have, is like that episode made me think yeah this is a flawed character but how could anyone hate this guy yeah yeah people really really gets you attached to nate i agree like yeah. you really relate to his like yeah to his mm-hmm. all his feelings he goes through and then you have obviously the anniversary of like the father's death mm-hmm. all the flashbacks of like the last time they saw their father uh the one with ruth is like really powerful like it hit me hard like she like grabs some food or something and then leaves and then like she starts crying when she when it cuts back to the present and it's like she really misses him in that moment and it's just sad um all the stuff with the kids is great yeah it's honestly like this it's just oh yeah and there's also good nate and brenda tension when like um i think this is the episode where she finds out about his condition like he he has a seizure yeah he has um, a seizure yeah yeah, and then she he has to finally tell her so it's just like one of those episodes all the characters have a seizure in front of her yeah, I think so. I think oh, we'll sex, they're having actually. sex. With the, yeah, yeah, it's why they're having yeah. sex. Yeah. 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 Um, Forgot so about that. Yeah, this episode, like, all the characters are involved because they're all, like, flashing back to their father and, like, the, the death is great and ties in well. It's really one of my favorites. It's my number three. Mm-hmm. I do love how um, it, it's, it takes its holiday and really runs with it because, I mean, obviously... That episode's uh, a Christmas movie, dude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the pilot. <laughs> so is the pilot. So is the yeah, pilot, yeah. The pilot. <laughs> it's true, that's true. Um... But like this one especially, I, I think trust like reiterated that, that, that like you know even like a year or so later, uh, nothing's nothing's okay still. Um, this isn't even just about like toxic family life; it's just life in general. It's just a mess. It doesn't matter what stamp is being put onto it. Um, it's very Alan Ball, even though he yeah. didn't like write it or anything. It still like it has his name all over it. Mm-hmm. Um, just this idea that you know you could pretend to be happy. I, it, it, it's just so fitting. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it's brilliant so it really like i feel like it's one of those episodes you could show someone it's like this is six feet under like this is yeah. like it's all encapsulated six feet in, under one, in a nutshell in yeah. one episode yeah like it's just great and the pilot i don't know why that yeah. is that i have both of them in my top five they're kind of like sister episodes a little bit i guess yeah i, I love them um yeah. really are yeah yeah so andreas what's your number two we're into our top twos okay now you'll see why i combined the two uh yeah i could tone it all alone so okay <laughs> initially i, I had a three yeah okay yeah um Obviously, we, we talked about Ecotone a little bit. Hmm. I think uh, one last thing I'll bring up. Uh, if I was very silent, you'll know why. Because um, I, I was, was going to bring it up now. I think it's important that Nate wakes up 
you know, severs ties with Brenda and then he dies. It's almost mm-hmm. as if yeah. he chose his final his final goodbye, but he chose poorly almost, which is also yeah. presumptuous for me to say because that could be what he wanted. I don't know, but it's about using every second of your life wisely. Did he actually use it wisely? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to cry. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really tough. Uh, mm-hmm. And then obviously his hallucination while mm-hmm. dying is like unreal. And like, mm-hmm. to me, that's when I knew he was going to die. Cause it's like, he's having this dream or like, you know, not a dream. Cause he's comatose. It's like a, like a vision or whatever. And I could just tell this is it. This is, like he is joining the other side and he does. And that's what we see in all alone and all alone. Mm-hmm. It's oh. so strange because we see to me, this felt like a season one episode, except for their family again, like not Nate senior, but Nate junior this time, mm-hmm. and except it also didn't, it didn't feel like it didn't feel the same way it did with Nate senior. It felt like they were dealing with, like that family who couldn't afford the casket because uh, her 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 dead husband was like a con artist or mm-hmm. you know the other like any of those families it's like how do we do this how do we have this funeral but they're doing it for this guy this guy that we've grown to love now unlike Nate senior who just died we barely mm-hmm. knew the guy this mm-hmm. guy we've known since the beginning and we're going to get into characters but i have a good feeling we're all going to rank this guy highly like Nate's a really fucking good character and mm-hmm. just to see everyone around him you could feel that void and I feel like that's also not just the impact of his character but also like the fantastic acting you know you have David reacting the, the poorest he ever has to something like this you have um all sorts of shit like mm-hmm. it if it wasn't for the following two episodes I believe that this is what it all was built up for, but it's not. And we'll mm-hmm. get into that shortly, I'm sure, all three of us. Yeah. So, yeah. Assu- assuming that we all have all alone at two, do we yeah. just want to have a group discussion? Yeah, about all I was going to say, I am all okay. alone at number two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Um, everything you said is so accurate. But the one, the one sentence that really like sums up all alone for me that like makes it one of my favorites hands down, it's like one of the most raw and honest and like powerful depictions of grief i've ever seen in any show or movie like honestly mm-hmm. like it felt so real it's like i lost this person that's what i feel it like felt. a loved one died yeah. and i was just like like yeah it's, a, it's an entire hour like showing all the characters grieving this person and like it felt so raw because they all grieve in different ways right like david's trying to be composed and like i have to organize it my brother died and he can't quite handle it and he starts to lose it later on like yeah. whereas ruth is like all broken at the beginning and then like she kind of becomes more composed later on like Brenda's kind of holding it together and then she loses it. And it's like, we all process grief differently. And like, that's what really blew me away about that episode is like all the characters having to grieve. And like, it really, I was fucking exhausted after this episode. Like it, I, it was yeah, so emotionally really. exhausting. Like I was it's, like, I just lost a loved one. That's what it felt like almost like that's it's how interesting deep... that you bring up the grieving because it yeah. almost feels like they all channeled what Nate tried to push in the pilot where it's like, you got to just let go. You got to do like, what they were doing on that island and just grieve and it felt like they were trying to do what they did in the pilot like be quiet or be reserved but they couldn't but they, yeah they couldn't they were channeling yeah. nate it's which like is, nate uh, taught them how to grieve nate like prepared them to grieve him if that makes sense yeah. like yeah like they, yeah like which and is the only really person powerful. who played yeah the only person who played ball in the first in the pilot was was ruth was yeah. was, was his mother and true. you know here it is again and then it's like maybe maybe he was onto something because we can't keep it together right now Mm -hmm. yeah 
it's it's such a like gut wrenching episode. Um, and then a and couple also, more. Yeah, go for sorry. it, Luke. Uh, I was just gonna say, uh, just one scene that I loved was George's eulogy, mm. and I loved like it I was just such a great tribute to Nate and such a good. Yeah, it's great because um, like I think Rico and David like tried to and they couldn't do it, and like George steps up and he's like, I can handle it because like. Rico kind of did, but his was yeah. short, so he was able to get it out of the way. Then. It was just too much for them, yeah. And then also yeah. when they all start burying him, oh, my God. And, like, David yeah. loses it. Like, it's just such a powerful episode. And then also, last thing I want to add is that um, there's a flashback of, like, Claire and him him crying about Kurt Cobain's death. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then, they, and then they play Nirvana at the end. I just lost it. I was like, oh, my God, that's perfect. It's so perfect. It's a 10 yeah. out of 10 episode, dude. It's, it's, it's so perfect. Good. Yeah, it's so good. But if there was ever one... To beat it. Yeah, to so beat we, it. Have, we all think, have the same number two. Um, I think we all have the same number one. <laughs> that's my dog. No, uh, yeah. I guess on the count of three. Uh, yeah. One, two, three. Everyone that's my dog. Waiting. Oh, it is that's my dog. Okay, so so everyone's waiting. Jesus Christ, where do we start? I guess, yeah, we all have it at number one. So, yeah. Greatest um, series finale ever, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, we're yep. I I agree with that. I can agree with that statement. Um, yeah, I don't know where to start either. <laughs> Just like it's uh, I mean, at this point, you know, static has happened, so it's already that montage, like, though. Yeah, they, they've had time, <laughs> but like I remember because I was I was naive when I first got to this. This was like the first show I completed. I was like a teenager, I was like 18 mm-hmm. or something, and I remember I heard everything about the finale. That's partially why I watched this show first because I heard about this finale. There was no leftovers. I guess the shield didn't really pick up as much steam, but like when it came to like acclaimed finales, it was this one when I was that day, when it was like that year. So mm-hmm. um, I remember getting to it and it's like the final, like, you know, there's like 15 minutes left and I'm like, this is, this is like amazing. This is fantastic. But I'm like, I'm not sh- like, is, is this just where the bar is for finales? And I, I wished a little too hard and the final 10 minutes happened. And let me tell you, uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll get into that in a second, I'm sure. But yeah. um, I think that's the longest I've ever cried for any TV show, movie, or anything. Like, it was actually like half an hour. I couldn't fucking stop. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I remember you mentioned that on the BoJack episode, that you cried yeah. for like half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, I was, if I was watching this live week to week and I was a big fan, like the way I experienced Better Call Saul or like a show that I've been, like, I honestly, I would have worried for my health. Like, <laughs> I would have, I wouldn't recover. Like, like I don't know yeah. how I would have, like, so the fact that I binged it and it still had me that dead inside, like, I was just so sad. Oh my God. It's, even though it's kind of, it's, it's hard to like describe this finale. Like it's not like one emotion. It's like everything at once. You know what I mean? Like I can't I, say it's sad or happy. Gabe, what'd you, everything. What'd, what'd you do that night after yeah, finishing yeah, the I finale? Can, yeah. So I just remember, um, I was like tearing up pretty heavily throughout the episode. Um, I, I feel like when that montage started, I ran out of tears at that point. Like I just had nothing left in my system that I was just like, kind of just jaw drop. Like, holy shit, they're doing yeah. it. They're killing everyone. Like mm-hmm. what the fuck? Um, and then I just remember I went on a bike ride outside. Like I went on a bike ride in the dark. And I was just like, I need to like collect my thoughts and like reflect on my life choices and shit. Like that's how deep <laughs> this episode was. Yeah. What I do love is uh, it isn't one fixed emotion. It's a whole series of things. So it's like uh, Claire starting a new chapter in her life. That's yeah. a good thing, but it's also a sad thing. It's bittersweet. Yeah. And that's like everything, everything yeah. here was bittersweet. This entire episode was like, um, it's weird because you're promised a new beginning with Claire where it's like, Oh, maybe there could be a spinoff. Maybe there'd be something else. You know, you have some hope for Ruth, maybe, you know, you have some hope for, for David and Keith. 
And then, okay, I guess let's talk about the montage. The montage happens, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. well, even if that were true, we're the never montage gonna... is a spoiler. Exactly, it's like <laughs> never gonna see it. And it's yeah. like I, I firmly believe to an extent that the entire show was created with that final scene in mind. And honestly, because yeah. um, it only makes sense. Like all the character developments. Fun fact: of... It wasn't. I, it, I don't understand how. And it wasn't Alan Ball's idea either. It was one of the um, one of the other writers. Um, and he just pitched the idea to Alan. He's like, to really cap it off, we should do a montage of killing everyone. The show is about death. Let's kill everyone. And Alan's so, like... That wasn't Alan's before like, the show, though? That was during the show? That was during the show. That was wow. when they were working on the final season. Alan's like, wow. okay, this is going to be the series finale. But then That's they added the montage on top of that. Like, we're really going to cap this off. And I'm sure they changed some other things in the finale to make it lead up to the montage better. But, yeah, the montage wasn't in Alan's mind at all. That's crazy. That's like, so much of it is, like, perfect. So it's like each yeah. way everyone dies. So Keith, Keith is the worst. Like, not in terms mm-hmm. of quality, but, like, in terms of what happens. He dies yeah. working. Mm-hmm. Basically, um, you know, he's doing security. He gets shot. But then you have David, who basically, I guess, has like a stroke or something, but yeah. sees Keith, and that's he's how you Keith. know. Yeah, like, you know, that's who he loved his entire life, and then bam, he dies. Mm-hmm. Even though he, I, I, from what I remember, he's like with another family, right? Like, he's mm-hmm. moved on, but he's still thinking. Of a Keith. lot of people speculate that he has a new boyfriend. Like, the, the old yeah. guy sitting next to him is like right. a new boyfriend. That's right. what I thought, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But he's still thinking of Keith, which is like, in that alone, that's like Pixar esque, where it's like, an entire fucking lifetime uh, and like an entire story is told like one thing. He's with this other guy right before he dies. He sees flashes of Keith. That tells you everything you need to know. You don't yeah. need it a whole season. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. There's so many then, things in that montage. It's just like that. This is perfect visual storytelling. Like, visual storytelling. It's, it's a guy. work of it's a work of art. Like they don't even. There's not one line of dialogue, and you understand Claire's story. Like basically, she like after Ruth dies. They show Ted come to the funeral, and it's like, oh, they reconnected, and then yeah. they get married, and then like it's just like it tells you that whole story. With it's a visuals. testament to how good the yeah. character work is, and like yeah. you didn't need that. Almost sadistic it is, where it's like Claire dies at a very old age. I believe it's like over a hundred, and she dies blind in her bed. She's a hundred and two. She dies blindly in her bed. Like yeah, like that's just mean. That's yeah. just sadistic, and but the montage but, of all her, her artwork that she did—it was just so fucking yeah, beautiful. Uh, and like all also, her accomplishments, right there on the wall. The fact that they kill every character, like obviously that's what makes it so powerful. But also the way they use it with her driving, and they keep showing shots of her driving, like the way it, like it's that's what made it so powerful. It was like as she's driving, it, they kind of like fast forward it, and it like looks like it's like your life flies by you. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. that's what was so heavy about it. It was like as she's driving like your life passes you by and it goes i think honestly the most powerful moment like the moment where i was like shook by how like beautiful this was obviously all the character deaths are beautiful but it's honestly the last moment where it shows her old eyes and then it flashes and then it it transitions and then it shows her eyes young driving like i was like yeah that's like it's the, the end of her life and then this is the beginning of her new journey at the start of her life you know what i mean that's like, uh, that's a work of art. That's what that is. Like, we know how they're gonna die, but her whole life is still ahead of her. Like it's exactly. Just, it's just so profound, and yeah, and all of this starts with the only episode that doesn't start with a death. It starts with a birth, but at the same time, you're right. like, oh my god, is this baby gonna die? Is this gonna yeah. be a stillborn? Like you don't know, and yeah. It's 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 interesting because it doesn't start that way. It starts with a birth, and it's like, oh, they twisted things up a little bit. 
psych, you've got like 10 deaths right at the end. I'm like, yeah. Brenda, yeah. Brenda never escaped her situation. Mm-hmm. Like, that's tragic. Uh, you know, yeah, with Billy. Yeah. Oh. That finale was life. It starts with a birth and ends with a death. That finale yeah. in itself I mean, was a yeah. representation of life, as yeah. was the whole show. Yeah. yeah. The choice of music was perfect, too. Like, anytime yep. I hear that song, I'm just going to be a mess. I'm going to be like, yeah. oh, fuck. Sia before she was Sia. I mean, she was still yeah. Sia, but, like, not the Sia that she's known as now. Like, this is yeah. when she was doing, like, the indie thing, and, like, nobody yeah. knew who she was. Yeah. I miss those days when it was like, you don't know Sia, the person who did like the best song in the best finale. Like, yeah, the greatest series finale. It just elevate like everything about that is just perfect. Um, one scene I'll add, because there's a couple scenes I'll talk about later when we get to favorite scenes. But also I remember since I didn't like I didn't really have any spoilers other than I just knew this was like a really popular finale. And I was honestly loving the whole finale. Like a lot of people say it's really the montage that elevates it, but for me, like when they did the toast, they all toast Nate and they're like to Nate. I thought it was going to end there and I would have been satisfied. I, I probably wouldn't have said it was like my favorite finale ever, but I was like, that fit, that toast at the end was like so powerful that I was like, if mm-hmm. it ends here, like I get the hype. But then yeah. they had the montage and I was like, okay, this is fucking perfection. And yep. like Nate waking her up like in her dream. And yeah. Like, you know, like the alarm clock. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. 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 And like, oh, that scene where he talks about like, uh, he spent his whole life scared. Oh my God. And then he wants Claire to take the job. He, or he wants Claire to still go there, even though she doesn't have the job. That's like yeah. really powerful to me. Yeah. Yeah. Just to like live because that's what he did. He didn't stick around at the Fisher house, yeah. which is what um, David, I guess, regretted doing his entire life. Exactly. Like, trying yeah. to prove, you know, so. I love how Gabe brought up in the season three finale, um, Nate unleashed on Ruth. He's like, you made me stay here and all this bad shit haven't become like happened because of this and i think that those words stuck with ruth because she literally told claire mm-hmm. don't stay here go off live your life another and, beautiful scene yeah and it, it, that was probably hard for ruth to do but she made the right choice she and and like yeah and i think that had to like i think that related to um her relationship with nate so she didn't want to make the same mistake twice yeah that's and i think she even scene. said that she said i don't want to make the same mistake twice and then mm-hmm. yeah really good scene and like she says how she never had a choice and she wants to give her daughter a choice. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. She so, related that to her story as well. Not just yeah, story, but yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's enough on the series finale. There's a couple more scenes I might bring up later, but like if anyone want to add anything, the series finale is so good. <laughs> I will say when we did the leftovers episode, yeah. that uh, that series finale might've uh, overtaken this yeah. one uh, for, for my favorite ever. It's tough. I, I guess on different days, I feel different things. They're yeah. both, like, they might both be tied. Like, to me, they're both perfect. But um, the entire Leftovers finale felt like something of a different universe in the same way that the final montage did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what's necessarily better, because, like, on one hand, the Leftovers finale is, like, kind of, like, entirely removed. Mm-hmm. But it still is, like, this encapsulated brilliant romantic story whereas with six feet under it's still a typical episode the best one but a typical episode that ends with something that's just otherworldly so to me like i I can't i can't pick from them right now i think that's why i like i prefer six six feet under's finale i thought the leftovers while it's still essentially a perfect episode it was just a little too disattached for me off topic but i prefer six feet under is probably my favorite finale ever yeah it's just like i don't really i think when it when you have two works of art like the like both of these episodes are just works of art there's no right or wrong answer it just comes down to a feeling you get and like yeah. just explaining it there's not really like a way to explain it so just for me i was just more emotionally impacted by six feet under's ending so yeah. I, I i like six feet under's more it just it broke like i honestly 
it gets you to like think about life in a way that I've never thought about it I guess like the way the whole show is about all these characters because like actually we'll get into this when we talk about characters but just that montage at the end that montage at the end just really impacted me more than any other show honestly like (laughs) yeah it's the best it's the most emotional ending scene ever but between best ending scene ever, just between that and The Sopranos, I'd still probably lean towards Six Feet Under, though. Yeah, For me, it's, it's tough because it's like, you know, The Wire ends well. Mary Tyler Moore Show ends well. Um, Mad Men ends well. Like, very, yeah. very well. That's one of the better ones, actually. Sopranos ends well. But to me, it's like, they, they do a good job ending, where Six Feet Under is, like, the best job ending. Like, yeah. to me, it's like no contest when it Completely comes to Completely agree. That. It's like, there's all these shows that end well, but, like, this one ends where, like, it elevates the entire show into, like, work of art territory. It is sensitive like, to greatness. Like, yeah, like, it's just... Mad some shows fizzle out, but... And, uh, yeah, I Mad think Men's is good, but... Mad Men, for me, doesn't... Ascend, like, it had already peaked. Like, Mad Men okay. didn't ascend it to an level. Uh, with Six Feet Under, I literally feel like the ending scene literally took the show to a new level to something exactly. we hadn't seen before that's true with Mad Men it was good I just I didn't maybe that was your experience with Mad Men I didn't have that experience with Mad Men unfortunately yeah that's true yeah. and even if I did which I did it's not to the level the six that six feet under did the Fair only enough. that came close to me actually there's technically two uh Twin Peaks which both of y'all have to still catch yeah. up on we'll watch that uh, eventually <laughs> the, yep. the, the actual finale not the season two whatever because you know right. like, yeah, uh, the, the return exactly uh that or uh the leftovers but yeah six feet under is like the first one to do it and it did it like arguably the best mm-hmm. yeah so many oh, great things to talk about yeah so many yeah. Deals. yeah it's just too much for me <laughs> um any i feel like yeah it's one of those things that makes me want to rewatch the show one day like i definitely will rewatch this entire show in like oh, a few years will. like three or four years five even like 10 years down the road it's one of those shows that it's like it's about life you know and it's just one of those things you want to experience again i don't know I've also only seen the show once for any viewers. Yeah. Me and Gabe have only seen the show once. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, let's just do a quick recap of our favorite episodes and then we'll get on to characters. Cause I think characters will be a lot of fun. Cause I think that's the strongest part of this show is the characters. Um, so yeah. Andreas, what were your top five episodes? Um, okay. So my number five was that's my dog. My number four was, uh, the season two final two episodes. Number three was the, the season three finale. I'm forgetting all these names. Uh, number oh, two was was, uh, was uh, Echo Tone and All Alone, uh, which uh, sets up for number one, Everyone's Waiting. Nice. Uh, Luke, what was your top five? So my top five is, at number five, I have The Last Time, the season two finale. At number four, I have Death Works Overtime, season three, episode 11. At number three, I have Echo Tone, season five, episode nine. At number two, I have All Alone, season five, episode 10. And then at number one, I have the se- the series finale, uh, everyone's waiting yeah good list uh mine at number five i had the pilot at number four i had i'm sorry i'm lost the season three finale number three it's the most wonderful time of the year season two episode eight number two all alone and number one everyone's waiting uh, so yeah we had quite a few overlaps but <laughs> some of those episodes are just so good mm-hmm. uh, not a surprise that, that we had that, that might be the first time where all three of us have the same top two episodes <laughs> in the same order honestly I, I yeah yeah um, and like same with actually no me and Luke have had it multiple times but with all three of us it's the first time oh cool um, I would say we had to have at least yeah once with other actually shows. yeah Mr. with Robot, other sh- a few others a couple of the shows we started with yeah yeah um, okay let's get into favorite characters because holy shit there's so many good characters I'm curious about the order we all put them in because I honestly think I'll just <laughs> same I'll, I'll just preface this by saying um, the four main fishers like spoiler alert they'll probably be in our top fives I, you could argue any of them are the best character like there's no right or wrong it's like it really is like 
yeah it's, it's just it's just personal experience what you get out of it and that's what makes it such a good show like all four of them could be the best character that's how good this show is they they really are all so well written so well acted so like fleshed out and complex they're just such good characters i'm excited for this so um but yeah so andreas what are your honorable mentions for characters well i'm gonna start off with i think his name is george the james cromwell character who yeah. uh um i just love that guy i think he's a very underrated actor and just anything that he's in he's just always either compelling or just charming here i feel like he's kind of both mm-hmm. um as very weird comic relief i think it's uh ruth's ex uh nikolai nikolai with, yeah no the guy with like the the, the strong accent and he's like a yeah. bit of an asshole yeah uh, i think he was like like amazing comedic relief i liked so, him a lot yeah, just because he's such a dick um yeah the Ben Foster character, even though like the character itself is kind of a shitty guy. Um, mm-hmm. I don't remember his name, but like, yeah, like in the art college. Yeah. I got to, um, me- I got to mention, sorry. So Ben Foster, um, have you seen Hell or High Water, Andreas? Yes, I have. Yeah. So I, I had already seen Hell or High Water and I loved that movie. And then I watched Six Feet Under and like, I think Russell was his character's name and it never clicked with me. It was the same guy. And then when I figured that out, it just blew my mind because they're such different characters. Like, it's crazy. Ben, yeah, Ben Foster is also like very yeah. underrated when it comes to, I'm not going to like pretend he's like my favorite or anything, but yeah. the, the guy's got range. Like, Yeah, he, that showed me how good his range is. I had no clue it was the same guy, even though he's a lot younger, obviously, but still like, it's just, they're such different characters that never clicked with me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And then I've got to go with some obvious ones like, uh, like Billy Keith and Enrico, like obviously, mm-hmm. like like the, the three of them for for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I had to pick like the best of those three, I just outside of the stripper plot line, I just really like Rico. I I like his uh you know his perfectionist uh, nature, but also that he's not like pretentious. He's you know he's he's got confidence, but he's still he's he's like a father first and like husband mm-hmm. second. Uh, gotta figure out how to keep a family afloat like that's that was always his best intention so I really like Rico I, I, re- I really like Rico he's just just outside of my top five yeah mm-hmm. those are good good characters uh, what are your honorable mentions Luke yeah so I have Rico um, I have Keith and Lisa actually I really enjoyed Lisa I, I remember I think it was one of you guys mentioned how a lot mm. of people don't like Lisa that much I think it was Andreas mm. a lot of people don't like Lisa that much and I can kind of see that like in season three like she was like the only reason it's possible to dislike Lisa is because she's kind of like a nuisance we all love Nate and she's kind of like a nuisance for Nate's character but not yeah. in a bad way it's just like mm. she's she's kind of like a square peg with Nate she doesn't fit with Nate and that's Mm -hmm. the only reason I think that's the only logical reason you cannot like her character but like yeah that's not her fault I mean like she's a good person I would just add that in season three I feel like um like the drama with Nate and Brenda was always like so like intense and like it was just always like that and then season three starts and he's with her and it just felt a little more dull in a way like yeah but it got better and better as it went so like I can yeah. I can feel like people might just not like her because it was like oh the Nate and Brenda stuff was more interesting you know like that yeah kind of thing. because Nate and Brenda's drama Nate and Brenda were exactly like yeah but they, they were, were just both toxic. toxic they were both They're toxic, both toxic. Yeah. yeah yeah that's true yeah so I that's why it, as well I really like the contrast between those two different mm-hmm. relationships though yeah yeah, yeah are sure. we talking about characters okay Lisa yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lisa <laughs> yeah um, Lisa's yeah. on mine now that you mentioned her yeah. yeah. For me, uh, my honorable mentions, um, I have Nikolai as well. So I also really liked when he breaks his, both of his legs and then he crashes at their house and, like, Ruth starts taking care of him. I he thought that was like, hilarious. Tubbies? 
When yeah, he laughs watching Teletubbies, that's the funniest yeah. thing ever, dude. And yeah. he's like, he's like known for like the crutches for like almost the rest of the show. Yeah. I think even in like Ruth's vision, like in like season four or something, yeah. he's like got the crutches again. Yeah, it's just like, and all the like kids reacting to him, just like being annoyed with him having to stay at their house. It's so funny. Um, Lord okay. have mercy. Yeah. Lord have mercy. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> um, and then another honorable mention, I have Billy. I think Billy, the actor, was incredible like he was such really a good, good actor the guy who played yeah. billy um also a great character too like at first you're just you kind of hate him but then like he just really interesting by the end like his his mental illness and all that stuff is really compelling mm-hmm. um then i have keith because keith was great like keith and david's relationship so good like the way he supports him and the way they spar at each other sometimes and the tension it was just really good um yeah. and then i have my last honorable mention hasn't been mentioned by either of you is um uh kathy bates's character bettina oh, or whatever yeah. she she was very enjoyable ruth's friend, right yeah ruth's friend yeah. played by kathy bates like she was every time she showed up she was just i started cracking up like the way she just like kind ruth of needed her dude yeah like she, she's <laughs> such a positive influence on ruth just like let loose ruth like come on like and like she's just yeah her shoplifting and all that funny shit it was just really good their dynamic was great if she wasn't there after Nate died, I don't know how Ruth may have not gotten over that. She might have not mm. like, but like she was really yeah. a she played a crucial role in helping Ruth yeah. after Nate she died. She was a great friend to Ruth, and then also like a great foil to like getting Ruth out of her comfort zone, kind of thing, you know. And she was just super entertaining to watch. Yeah, yep, uh, a lot of humorous moments there. It's weird um, though because uh, I I think the only person who had any sort of like Emmy love was uh was patricia clarkson who was uh sarah ruth's sister oh yeah i mentioned her which she was a good character she was awesome too yeah Yeah, she was like yeah yeah um okay let's get to the top fives we might have the exact same top fives all three of us but different orders the orders will be exciting and maybe i'm speaking out of my ass and we have different characters too um let's see (laughs) so so andreas who's your number five a uh, Hiram? No, I'm kidding. I, <laughs> I, I, that guy. Just um, kidding. He's not the number one, but <laughs> yeah, he's actually number one. No, oh. my number five might piss off people. I'm gonna okay. go with Ruth. So, okay. uh, not not higher. I I feel like I have Ruth at number five as well. So we can let's talk about Ruth. Okay, oh, sure. Wow. I feel like that the I'm on my own here. <laughs> um, uh, what you were saying, Gabe, is that we're gonna have the we're all gonna have the Fisher family, but at different positions. Oh wait, hang on a second. We forgot an honorable mention. Shout outs to 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 Nate Senior, everyone. Like, oh, yeah. Nate Senior, let's, great let's, ghost character. <laughs> let's, let's let's give him a shout out because guaranteed, yeah. I know what the top five for everyone is in a different order, and that's not yeah. Nate Senior. So yeah. Anyway. I feel like what you were saying, Gabe, is that um, mm-hmm. we all have different Fisher members in mm-hmm. different places. I feel like it's a testament to how you live your life and like mm-hmm. who you identify with the most. Mm-hmm. I couldn't personally identify as much with, with Ruth. Um, I, otherwise, as a character, I think she's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very interesting thing you don't see much of often in TV shows where it's like, somebody who did spend their entire lives with somebody and now they don't. And now like their kids are like, you know, so dependent mm-hmm. and uh, you know, trying to figure out their own thing. So like Claire's moving out, uh, David's still there, but he's trying to be independent as well with his life. Nate's just like rogue. So it's like, what do I do? And I feel like that dynamic is like really interesting. That, that sense of loneliness, despite the fact that she's not actually truly alone. She, she fully feels it though. And I feel like uh, Francis Conroy is uh, fantastic in this role, and they couldn't have had anyone better mm-hmm. in terms of the casting. I do think she's fantastic, but I've got to put, place her number five. 
yeah, it's one of those things where it's going to be hard to explain where we put them, right? Because it's just who, who speaks to you more, you know? So that's a good, yeah. even though I don't have her at five, I understand why you guys both do. Uh, do you want to say anything, Luke, about her? Yeah, um, absolutely love Ruth. Absolute sweetheart. But um, I think she, like, she kind of made me mad sometimes. That's the only, I absolutely love her character. She was arguably my top three. But when I think of the few times that, like, her character kind of irritated me, that's why she drops to number five. Like, mm-hmm. I think she was, like, irrationally angry sometimes i feel like like when she like yeah. would always freak out on claire claire's mm-hmm. just being a kid not doing anything wrong really and she's just like yeah i don't know and that's not ruth's fault i that's could like, see why people would find her irritating she could be very irritating yeah 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 and she just needed to like and that's not her fault it makes me feel bad for her kind of but mm-hmm. like sometimes like she just need to lighten up a bit and like in terms of like how much i enjoy her personality that's what just like makes me bring it down a bit but i have to, i really do like ruth i love her i sympathize with her and um yeah great yeah. character yeah good pick uh so my number five might piss off some people as well because <laughs> um like i said all five of these characters could have been the best but um i have another fisher i have david at number five that might be oh, a wow. hot take might be a hot take but no, i um, can definitely see that yeah, yeah. I, I do like david a lot like i said great character his relationship with keith is incredible um his struggle to like always be the responsible one in the first few seasons and like how he feels like he's the only one taking the business seriously and all that and like um how he's trying to like his influence on nate and all that stuff's great it's just like a feeling i get where um i don't know i wasn't as compelled by his story compared to the other four characters i ever had like i was more attached to them in a way i guess um like i didn't feel as attached to him for some reason i still did feel attached to him just not right. on the same level as the characters ahead. That's really all I can. And I don't know if this had a factor, but maybe in the beginning, it was hard to not see Dexter. Like for me, like, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a reason because obviously Michael Seahill kills it and he's so good in this role, but yeah. it was just a little jarring at first, but obviously I got used to him and that's not really a reason, but I don't know. Maybe that played a factor in me. I just felt a little more distanced with him compared to the other characters. Like, even though he's still great and arguably could be one of the best. Yeah. So I have mm-hmm. him at number five. Totally fair. Yep. Uh, yeah. So no, number four is, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I guess uh, it's not too hot of a take. My number four is David. I, I don't go. know if I feel as Same. Good. Let's talk about David. No, <laughs> you guys <laughs> went four. There yeah. you go. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if I feel like as detached as you did. I, f- I do feel like, though, that um, if season four is the lowest, I feel like part of that is detrimental like the the problems with season four are a little detrimental to David. Like after the "That's My Dog" episode, a lot of his uh, inner demons. Again, that whole shit about how, how he's facing himself. Like it just got a little silly. Like we got that the entire series. Yeah. Um, I feel like there are some slight disservices, but otherwise, I feel like he's such an interesting character because he, on one hand, is so molded and sculpted by the family values you've got to dress this way this is the family business mm. this is how we do things around here but on the other hand it's like you know he's he's uh he's a closeted homosexual who doesn't feel comfortable bringing it up mm. like he, he can't bring that home because he's scared of what his family's gonna think there's this whole side of him that he can't be yeah. and it's it's more than just his his sexuality it's like you you see glimpses of his character trying to break out the entire time but he feels like he has to be this person and not to like dive too deeply into this and, you know, make up symbols or whatever. But in the same way that I brought up um, the rain, the rain Wilson character, it almost feels like David is just like a living corpse or like a husk of a human being where he's not living his life. So he's just present, but he's not living. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a huge tug of war that he experiences the entire series. And I think it, I think it is a very interesting one. 
and him selling the funeral home at the end where he just says, fuck it. That's him letting go finally, which is what yeah. his conclusion. So the conclusion to his arc was really good. Just him letting go, selling the business. He's like, this is not the person. If I really think about it, when I really think about it, this is the person I, not, I, I don't want to be this person. And he just yeah. says, fucking sells. It. He's like, why, why do I still have this business? I don't care about yeah. this shit. But don't they end up keeping it in the end though? Cause they like, they refurnish it and shit. I thought they no, did. They do. Maybe they refurnish it, but they do resell it. Like, cause it's Brenda, Nate, and they do keep it. They don't keep the business itself, though. I believe. Are you sure? I if that's, they did. If that's what you're asking. I thought they did keep the business. I, th- they did I think your business. He he. There's a moment where he's like, "We're gonna sell it," but then they decide not to. He says, "This is my family's business." I'm good, and then they keep it. I'm pretty. Oh, sure. true, true, true. Yeah. yeah. But like, still, I think it's still. But I get what you're saying. Though. He still yeah. does let go. I think he yeah. does learn how to live. That moment of him, that moment, that initial moment of him saying, "Fuck it, let's sell it." Mm-hmm. I think that's still him letting go and learning to live. And then when he does decide he wants to bring back the business, I think he's still going to live a happy life after mm-hmm. that. So yeah. yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. The um, plots that Andreas was talking about, like the like um, being in the closet, and then like having to like abide by like he's not actually living; he's just like abiding by these certain rules that doesn't allow him to truly live. Yeah. That's why I think early season David is up there in terms of favorite characters. Like he's like mm-hmm. number one or number two for me. Like his his arcs were really compelling early on. And then like around that season three, season four mark where Nate really took over, like Nate was always the main character, but Nate really took over in season three and four. And yeah. they kind of ran out of ideas with, they were just like the same rehashed shit kind of with David's mm-hmm. character. So he, like the fighting as much with as Keith I, and stuff, yeah. the yeah. fighting with Keith, that, that, that drama, as much as I love um, David, he kind of like fell mm-hmm. in the ranks just a bit, just a bit. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the fact that I also, for me, the whole thing where I didn't like that's my dog. That maybe that's a reason that I put yeah, it that low too. I don't know. Like even I didn't though even I like that's that. my dog, it's still yeah. not like yeah. as compelling as his earlier plots. That's just yeah. one episode. It's just not as compelling. Yeah, Another really. thing is uh, he also felt he had to like hide because of his religion as well, which I think is also an yep. dynamic. Mm. It's it's weird though because um, or it's not weird, but it's interesting. I kind of pair the Fishers together in different ways to me uh ruth and david are very similar you know they're religious they're conservative they feel like they have to abide by rules Mm -hmm. this is why is my life treating me this way Mm -hmm. Uh, i did everything right Mm -hmm. so and and yeah we we placed them last so i guess this is only gonna prove where we're heading so yeah and and that i think there's literally a scene where ruth says that to him she's like you know me and you are the most alike she says that to david towards the end of the show i forget when but so you're completely head on i do remember that they're the most similar yeah but i love how they have the same like character progression in arc but yeah 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 for sure um so, so my, for number four yeah my number four is brenda um like phenomenal character okay. um for for me i didn't like her in the first two seasons that much like i was always like obviously season two she just starts sleeping with guys and like you're kind of just like what the fuck's wrong with you like yeah, that kind of thing real. but her growth over the show like one of the best arcs in the entire show like she really grows over the whole show so by the end, I loved Brenda. I was like, holy shit. Like, I can't believe her. You could argue she's one of the most complex on the show. Like, there's just so much going on with her and, like, yeah. the, her background, the family she comes from. Um, like, pretty fucked up family. Um, and, like, her in season five. Like, I honestly felt so bad for her. Like, all the tension with her and Nate in the first two seasons, I was kind of like, eh. But, like, season, like, in terms of, like, liking Brenda, I was kind of like, eh. But in season five, I just felt so bad for her. And, like, Nate, the way Nate treats her and shit, you just feel... I was it kind of like I had a reverse arc there where like in the first two seasons I was always on Nate's side but by the end I was on her side and like 
the way mm-hmm. she raises Maya in the end and just like she became such a strong independent person by the end and like I really related to her struggles in season five and like her fear of having to be a mother to Maya when like she didn't she had all this like animosity towards certain things that Nate did and like it was just such a compelling character and mm-hmm. her dynamic with her brother yeah it was just great Brilliant. I love Brenda I will say Brenda is my number three, so I'm just going to continue. Go. Dang it, I have Brenda number three. Oh, there <laughs> we have the same taste, guys. Oh, oh God, fuck. we're going to have identical lists, I think. Uh, Damn it, I wanted some variety. <laughs> I, I think what's, uh, this is why revisiting the show will be very interesting, because when I first watched it, I also thought she was a bit of a pain in the ass. It was like... Yeah, the beginning, um, yeah, I didn't like her. Yeah. But you learn it's a front, and you mm-hmm. learn that she's trying to, like, not feign a personality, but she's trying to escape her life by making herself more interesting. Like, mm-hmm. I'm mysterious and everything. Meanwhile, her life's a shit show at home. Her brother's a psychopath. Mm-hmm. Um, her parents are, like, so pretentious. Nuts. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. they're like that. They've got, like, their own set of rules. Um, so she's trying to escape. She is the Nathaniel of her family, but it doesn't look the same. It's mm-hmm. not the same Nathaniel. It's I wonder like, if that was intentional. Maybe. Had to have been right. I'm guessing because, like, they, mm. they both wish to escape. I guess where they meet, yeah, an airport. What does an airport signify? Escapism, yeah, that's very true. Or, or the return yeah. from escapism. So, I, I feel like, yeah, that they were the two black sheep of their respective families, which is saying a lot because, like, her family's fucked. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, it really it's is. an understatement. Yeah, yeah she's, so she's the re- normal one, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If you revisit yeah. the series. It, it's easier to like her from the get-go because you know not who she becomes necessarily, but who she always was yeah. and uh, why she's putting on this front, why she's trying to, you know, remain mysterious. Because, you know, there's like this whole mentality where it's like, is she a pathological liar? Or is she hiding something at the beginning? But that's, she's just, she's just in a mess and she's trying to keep it together. And yeah, by the end, when she, when she passes away, literally, listening to her brother's bullshit she never escaped from it that's devastating yeah i know there were some critics when i i read it after the fact who were like that's like the funniest death because like he literally talks her to death i'm like that's Mm -hmm. not funny at all like she she didn't get out of it i think it's depressing yeah i think it's it's a bit of both i think it's just the way she dies was like some sort of sort of comedy because it's like she's just like i can't take this anymore kind of thing but (laughs) but at the same thing at the same time you're right it's one of the most depressing like images just to see her sitting there with billy like still like it's like oh and i don't know do you guys remember in the in the series finale when ted was talking to billy he's like i am so jealous of you and he like holds like ted's arm or whatever i don't know if you guys remember that yeah i do remember that yeah that is the story that billy is telling brenda when he dies he's like and then he brings up ted he brings up ted and then he describes like the story i don't remember like exactly what he said but that was the story Uh, he was telling i didn't know you could actually hear what he was saying in that last scene i didn't know that you maybe have to listen with a certain type of headphones but like i had my headset on turned up all the way and i could like vaguely hear what he was saying and i'm I'm pretty sure that's the story from (laughs) that we saw earlier in the episode yeah but yeah brenda at number three um yeah i was amazed how much i ended up liking brenda like yeah when, yeah when i saw her pass in the montage i'm like i i would have never guessed i would have been this sad at her death like this is yeah. tragic like, if you told me back in season one that i would end up really enjoying this character like i don't know but it's yeah. really like after her and nate break up and we finally get time to like view her character through like a more objective lens because we hated her because like we loved nate and her and nate were dating so we were like bitch she's being fucking mean to nate or whatever but like once they like break up and we can like actually like view her character objectively like 
She, I, I just like, I, you, you can understand her character more. You can understand why she is the way she is. And just, I don't know. By the end of season five, I absolutely loved her character for all the same reasons that, all the same reasons that you guys said too. Yeah. She has one of the best arcs in my opinion. Like really, like she grows a lot. Yeah. Mm. Um, so my number three is Ruth. We literally have the same five to threes pretty much, except in different orders. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, have oh, Ruth okay. at, I have Ruth at number three. It just means we all have the same top two, but the orders could be different for our top twos. Um, yeah. So really? Ruth number, yeah, Ruth is number three for me. Um, I would argue, I don't know, maybe I'm crazy. Like in my opinion, it's the best performance. Like Francis Conroy, like I really yeah. think like if you take the script of these characters and like who elevated the script, like I think, there's not a right or wrong answer. It's just my opinion. I think she was the best performance where like she took a character that's like, and she really elevated it. Like she's so quirky and like over the top, but she's also Honestly, sweet yeah. and she also gets angry. And like, I don't know. I think she really took like the, like I could see any actors playing Nader David. Like they both did a really good job. Don't get me wrong. They're great actors, but like I could have seen anyone playing Nader David. I couldn't see anyone else playing Ruth. Like she, she like, gave the best performance on yeah, the show. I've always said that. I've always my said opinion, that. Absolutely. Like, so that really helps. Um, and then I think the, the the loneliness of motherhood is like what really like hit me hard like obviously I agree with you Andreas when you're like I didn't relate to her as much because like yeah I'm not a mother but like at the mm-hmm. same time it just I don't know that really spoke to me like the way maybe because I have like two older brothers and like um we both like moved away and like we had good relationships with our mom and like she had a tough time like having an empty nest or whatever they call it like when you you have no kids at home and like the way Ruth feels distance towards her kids was really powerful to me and like her loneliness and like the way she tries, she feels so unfulfilled with her children and like she tries so hard to connect with them. I found that really powerful and like her, the humor was always there for her. She, she cracks me up all the time, has so many good lines. Um, yeah, it's just one of, the, one of the most unique characters in any show for me. Like she really stands out as like, I'll always remember Ruth as one of the best characters in Six Feet Under because mm-hmm. of how bizarre she is, but also so how lovable she is at the same time. Even though I agree, I think your counter argument applies to all of the characters when you are like, oh, Ruth pissed me off sometimes because like, I think all of the characters character. pissed me off. Yep. They, they all, there was times where every single one, I was like, okay, you're being unreasonable. Fuck off. So like, for me, that didn't really matter. Like I just loved Ruth in general. There were um, times I actually liked Hiram. So, you know, it yeah. goes the other way too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Ruth comes in at number three. Yeah, I love her. Actually, I should have mentioned this um, back when I was talking about Ruth as well, but like, I can definitely agree with relating to like her loneliness, maybe not personally, but like, mm-hmm. um, so like my mom, my mom and dad are divorced so like i can like see like some of the loneliness that my mom feels in real life i can like kind of like see that in ruth's character so like anyone with the, that has a a parent can relate to or like mm-hmm. a mom i should say can relate to like i'm sure what some of uh, ruth's character goes through so like i completely agree yeah with that analysis of her character yeah i feel like she's also a good template for uh, younger people who don't have kids as to like what they might look like when they're older and they experience something mm-hmm. similar and also true um I, I feel like that's a very underrated acting quality which i i kind of consider like a tabula rasa where it's like this impressionable character who's not bland or you know with the, you know void of energy or anything but it's somebody who just feels like you could you could transplant yourself into them and and identify exactly what they're feeling like because like um like some of the other characters like let's say like a walter white or something like you can't like identify with him directly exactly because yeah, i hope not does but yeah jesus i hope not maybe like the financial woes or whatnot but yeah, when it comes true. to something like this a lot of people experience loss 
because she technically loses um, mm-hmm. a husband and a child and and her entire life even like in the in the pilot she's like who am i now like i don't know anything mm-hmm. and uh she's felt that way already if she's like cheating with Hiram, which why him of all guys um you know like very impressionable but i just wanted to say quickly before we go into our number two is you brought up the acting gabe and mm. it's interesting because a lot of the actors especially michael c hall like these were like theater yeah. specialists like uh this was like his first non-theater production i think and mm. it definitely added to the the specific emotional resonance of the show where it's Mm -hmm. like you've got a very specific cast of this caliber with these qualities you're not gonna get like uh what's another similar example you're not gonna get like an er which isn't a bad show it's a great Mm -hmm. show but you're gonna get this and it's gonna feel authentically like this and i feel like it's something that a lot of shows have tried to chase afterwards Mm -hmm. because it really was like this emotional you know explosion of a show in a time where, you know, like the Sopranos was humanizing, you know, like the mafia and stuff, but like, you know, it was still like, you know, the gangster flick or like the wire was like, you know, very uh, narratively nuanced. This was like the emotional wreck of a show and mm-hmm. it really set a precedent, which uh, leads me to my number two, mm-hmm. who has like a whole range and was fantastic. And I, I, I feel like in a sense, she becomes the main character once Nate's gone, that's Claire. Mm-hmm. and um should we all talk about claire now okay gabe? Yeah. <laughs> gabe? sure sure well gabe do you have Cla- claire too no i don't i have her at number one. Oh, <laughs> oh, hey. i just assumed you did oh uh, yeah it's all good <laughs> i was i was very Shit. tempted to have her at number yeah. one because technically- you have so you guys both have her at two yes yeah yeah fair enough i'll, I'll be the bold one and have her at one. i didn't want to yeah, spoil it's it all good. Go, go <laughs> right. okay cool continue uh, andreas yeah, uh, t- technically in the same way without spoiling the leftovers because this isn't the leftovers but the leftovers the final episode kind of reveals what the whole thing was the whole time mm-hmm. to me that's what this one does it wasn't nate's story the entire time it is claire's and uh that's why it ends as such and you know her you know driving that amazing lime green hearse (laughs) (laughs) you know in the early seasons like that's just like that that was just like the coolest fucking thing when i was a teenager i was like a man i want to work at a morgue which or like at a funeral home so i could drive something like this which i don't want to work at either let's be be frank (laughs) that'd be be surprising but that was just like that was just her character personified like uh you know heavily identifiable with me when i was a teenager she's got like some of the best one-liners Mm-hmm. especially filled with like that teenage rage mm-hmm. but at the same time she like matures and she tries to figure out why is my mom always pissed off with me how can i see stuff from her angle why mm-hmm. is my brother such a dick how can i see stuff from his angle why is my other brother so uptight and snooty how can i see stuff from his angle and it's almost like she had to like age and grow up and get wiser by trying to see all of these different molds mm-hmm. and it's such a good quality to have though yeah, it's like such a such a fantastic character, but at the same time, she's authentically Claire. Says mm-hmm. like the most badass stuff or some of the funniest lines. Um, has that punky attitude, but also like that um, that that youthful naivety where she like you know gets sucked into some things like uh, the the toe fetish, I guess. Uh, <laughs> like you know, like, like she's trying stuff for the first time, and like what what happens in the pilot episode. She's like high on what is it? That's not even weed. It's math. Like, I think math. It's <laughs> math. Yeah. yeah. But she's like flipping the fuck out. So like you know that this entire show, 
it's going to be about her experiencing life choices and not in the same way her parents or like you know her her mom is or her brothers are but in this in the way that she is as a kid and i feel like that's so important mm -hmm. yeah completely agree with every single thing you said <laughs> completely yeah. agree and it, that's the proper way to do an edgy teenage character without being without it being cringier over the top like, cause sometimes when you have a character that's like unapologetically themselves, they'll ma they'll make it like too over the top to the point where like they're annoying. No, Claire is a perfect character, and they didn't like. It's like re it's a, like a realistic teenager. It's not like melodramatic or anything. Like, mm -hmm. and it's like completely realistic, like you said. And I think because I'm a young kid as well, I think that's why I relate to her character so well. Like she's what eighteen in the show, I believe, somewhere around there, maybe seventeen. Mm -hmm. Um. And I was 19 when I watched the show. So I think personality-wise, she's the one I cling to the most. So mm -hmm. I think that's where she's, like, maybe the most relatable character, I guess you could say for me. And, like, a lot of the struggles she has, like, dealing with her parents, dealing with siblings, I, like, I could really relate to that. Um, but at the same time, like you said, she always tries to see things from other people's point of view. Like, she tries to be like, oh, why is my brother so uptight like this? Why is... Nate's such a dickhead, like Andrea said. And I think that's a really good quality to have because, like, she was always able to get along with everyone. I don't think she, like, there wasn't really someone in the family she didn't get along with, really. She so. would with everybody at times, but it She'd would always She'd with them, but, like, yeah. she had a good relationship in general. Like, aside from maybe her mom, but they, they resolved that towards the end. Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah. yeah, just an awesome character. And I love how, like, she kind of, like, filled um, that void that main character void towards the end, like you said, like Nate was the main character where Claire kind of took like, she was kind of like the forefront of the show. She kind of like carried us to the end in those couple, um, those last two episodes and Claire's just phenomenal. I contemplated putting her at number one, but she's number two for me. Yeah. Um, everything you guys said that's why she's my number one yeah <laughs> like, so you won't have, you won't have much else like you, you guys have... both just ranted about her for like five minutes and like i'm just like yeah that's why <laughs> she's my number one that's <laughs> why she's my number one that's why she's my number one. no like it was good like that's just all i have to say that's why she's my number one i guess one mm. thing i'll add um she's the most relatable for me because uh she's the youngest sibling and i have two older brothers and like the way she felt like i have two older brothers who are quite a bit older like similar to her so i yep. really like i related to her like for the entire show almost everything she went through was very relatable um especially yeah like the older sibling thing and not feeling like you don't know your oldest brother that well and like you feel distance because of the age gap like that was very relatable um and then yeah just that first episode she's like on meth and her dad just died and like i was I very relatable i loved her right away no i'm just saying like yeah very <laughs> i'm just kidding yeah, that happens to me all the time yeah no. and she's like you know you guys my dad just died and <laughs> like she's yeah. like freaking out and they, they all don't believe her she's like yeah my dad just and they start laughing and it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you guys, this isn't a joke <laughs> yeah. sorry i didn't mean to cut you off keep going no but like after that pilot i just loved her and then yeah the entire show literally every struggle he goes through was relatable pretty much mm -hmm. um uh, she smokes a lot of weed. Um, no comment. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but yeah, just so much good shit with her. Um, you guys really hit the nail on the head with like the way she relates to her siblings and like the way she reaches out to her mom and like she always butts heads with her mom, but then they have like a nice moment after that. I found all those scenes really powerful. Like there's one time where they just like connect over like some old photos and shit and like I don't know, just the way she grows and like at the end she's the one who gets out of it. Like I was just so happy that like the way it ends with her driving you guys kind of said how she becomes the main character. That's one of my points as well as like, she really was the main character the whole time. And like, mm -hmm. you guys hit the nail on the head. She's just the best. She, I liked her more than Nate just because of how relatable she was for me. And like, in terms of 
being pissed off like so sometimes Nate just pissed me off a little too much that it made me realize she was my favorite like I was just like this is my favorite character because like it was, yeah. it was it was all just like it all hit perfect for me like yeah yeah I don't have a real reason for having Nate over Claire I guess it could go either way um yeah I guess just because let's talk about the main Nate. <laughs> I, I love yeah. main characters I love main characters yeah. I've like usually when we talk about a show when we're like going down the list and we get to number one it's usually always the main character but i think if you have a good character okay so the show has multiple good characters but nate gets the most screen time so i think naturally i just latch on to nate the most out of all of them the character that gets the most screen time and the most focus is the character i'm gonna like the most it's gonna be the character that i'm the most invested in unless so it's I, the wire and the only answer is omar yeah. let's be unless the, yeah that's true <laughs> yeah i don't know or, if even omar game of thrones game of thrones is, i feel like the main characters that get the most screen time aren't necessarily the best, in my opinion. That's true. Oh, really? That's yeah. true. But in, in, in the case of 60 yeah, Under, I'm just being a dick, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah. But yeah, like in this particular case, and in the case of a few other yeah. dramas, the if it, there's a good main character and they get the most screen time, that's more times than not, that's going to be the person I'm the most invested in. And I was the, in this case, I was the most invested in Nate. I thought he had the most tragic arc. Uh, I guess you could say in a more subtle way, Ruth's arc was more tragic, but like in terms of yeah, like I having think, to deal with like straight if you up. Look at, if you look at their lives as a whole, I agree with you. I think Nate had the most depressing. True. Life. Nate yeah. died young. Mm -hmm. Couldn't, wasn't capable of loving every, loving anyone properly. Like he tried really, his he hardest. He never really grows up either. Like it's kind of sad. Like he can't he didn't. really grow up. Yeah. It's just, he tried his hardest to like, yeah. and like, like George said, Nate never, Nate was an idealist. He never gave up or he never gave up on love itself. Like Nate always tried to do the, that's, that's what makes Nate respectable though. He always tried to do the right thing. He tried to be a good husband to Lisa. Like he genuinely tried. It just didn't work. Mm. Like he was, and it, in a, in a really sad way, it's like, it's almost like Nate wasn't meant like fit for this world. He wasn't meant for this world. And that's what makes his, um, him dying at such a young age kind of fitting, but so sad at the same time. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. He wasn't meant for this world and he died young. I guess yeah. that's my interpretation of it. Yeah, he didn't even like die young necessarily. Like he died young, but he also died for quite a while. Mm -hmm. That's young. true. So, like, that's it true. wasn't just like immediate. Like the guys, like final years sucked. Like yeah. the, you know the, the seizures, uh, the, the the throwing up. Like the the guy, the, the Lisa guy was, stuff, the Brenda you know, stuff, everything. Well, there, losing his there's dad. There's also that <laughs> as well. I uh, not like his health, but then yeah, like the like the Lisa's death, which we're going to get into scenes soon. Uh, I, there's one that I've got to bring up, which is uh, possibly my favorite outside of the, the montage. Um, mm -hmm. I love Nate. I think Nate is one of those characters who you think you have figured out the first time you watch it, but the more you think about it, the more you're like, he's like really complex. Like he's really nuanced. He's not just this free spirit. Mm -hmm. Why is he free? He's trying to escape. What's he trying to escape? He doesn't even know anymore. Like mm -hmm. he just doesn't feel like he belongs anywhere. So he's just playing the game of life, which I feel like all of us to an extent feel where it's like, I'm, I'm a lot older than both of you. I'm turning 32 and I'm not even that old. And mm -hmm. I still feel like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. And I know that there are people in their 40s who are like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I can guarantee my parents and your parents and anyone are like, I don't know what the fuck we're doing. And we're like in our 60s or 70s, it doesn't matter. Like life, it, it gets to a point where you realize there's just like, I don't know what's going on. David, his answer was to just stay put, do whatever it was. But he, Nate is almost like the harbinger of things to come for, for Claire. But at the same time, it's like, is that always necessarily a bad thing? Not really. 
because sometimes it's freeing. Sometimes it's, you know, you get to experience as much as you can, but at the same time, you're still like aimless and you don't really know what it's all about. And when he tries to be there, you know, as a lover, as a parent, as a husband, as a, as a son, as a brother, he doesn't know how to do it. All he knows is how to escape everything because once he, once he lands back on his feet, it feels like he's lost again. And I feel like it's just such a crazy character that could only exist in a show like this. It couldn't exist in a Breaking Bad or a Sopranos. I mean, they have their own discussions of this type of thing, but here is like, this is literally just about life and death. So he gets five seasons, not quite 62 episodes, but close. <laughs> he gets like 60 something or 59 episodes to, to, to explore this arc of what is there, what, what, what's there in the end? Nothing. How did I get there? Don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's so interesting because it's almost anarchistic, but it's done so well that his character is just perfect. Yeah, it's so perfect. The way you just put it, so perfect. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that was a really good way to sum up like all the characters because that's what I was going to say about Nate. The reason I have him at number two, even though I, I will say it was tough to put Claire over him. Um, it was it was more of like a one A one B situation. For yeah, me. exactly. Like, it's it's my they're, yeah, they're my two favorite characters pretty much is how I would put it. Um, yeah. but like though, yeah, the the best part about Nate, I agree, is like um like is like this show is about people who are flawed and like the flaws of these characters are just so relatable. And like, that's the most, even though I said Claire, her circumstances is the most relatable. I'd say like Nate's flaws are the most relatable. Like the, the fact mm-hmm. that he feels like he, he, he feels like he hasn't lived his life to the fullest and he's always struggling for more and he can't find it. And he's trying to be a father. He's trying to be a good brother. He's trying to do all these things and he's not happy. And he's realizing why aren't I happy? And like, that's the most relatable part. Like you said, how like, when you're like 40, when you're 50, you, a lot of people reach that point where it's like, what the fuck am I doing? And like, that's the best part of his character. And that really sums up all the characters in a way as well. It's just like how flawed these people are and how, um, I, I like that Six Feet Under never shied away from like, like Nate is pretty much an asshole in season five, but like, that's just how people are sometimes. They're flawed and like, they don't know how to say what they're thinking. And like, they hide the truth from people and like- And he's on his deathbed pretty much. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. give the guy a bit of a break at the same time. Yeah, at the same time, he's just like, he literally cheats on Brenda and she's taking care yeah. of- of, okay, that stuff I can't go down. <laughs> yeah, like, it, but like at the same the time, the way he ends the relationship, yeah. like, like and she's pregnant, like and like the way he treats, which her, was the right thing to do technically, but still, yeah. like cheating on someone who's pregnant, that's pretty like, yeah. whoa, that's like, so, terrible. Like, yeah, like the things he does. Honest, if he was gonna die anyway, he should have just not said anything to to Brenda. Like, just, yeah. just couldn't have done anything. Yeah, he just, didn't know. <laughs> he yeah. didn't know. Yeah, he didn't know. He tried to do yeah. the right thing. He's like, hey, this isn't working. I am not meant for this. Like, it's it's yeah. not going to work. We tried. It's not working. Yeah. Yeah. But that's like, it just goes into the whole thing I was saying where like all the characters pissed me off at times, but it didn't yeah. make me be like, I don't like this character because like, that's how people are. And that's why, even though you could say the show, um, it can get like a soap opera sometimes, but in my opinion, it's pretty real. Like a lot of these things that they go through are very, Definitely. that's, these are how people are is like, even though Nate does despicable things, it happens, right? When you when you go through the circumstances he's gone through, right? Yeah. It might um, be the most realistic show ever from like, if the characters are meant to portray like actual humans, like mm-hmm. maybe the wire, but that's like, yeah, that's, 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 yeah, a, yeah. that's a different conversation entirely. That's like, yeah. so the yeah. wire is like the most accurate depiction of society. Whereas it's, like, it's also a like, depiction of a very specific thing. Like this is Baltimore and the crime scene. That's like, what whereas, I'm saying. Whereas yeah. like, Six Feet Under is just life and death, and everyone can relate to these things. Yeah, it's like the, yeah. the molds of people who are real, who are like, yeah. you've been a David or you've been this. Uh, the Wire is like, literally, these people could have existed. Yeah. I think yeah. that's what 
that's the difference for us. Yeah, yeah, cool. under, it's like, this is the spectrum of people and life yeah. experiences. Yeah, that's exactly. what I'm saying. That, that's that's pr pretty much what I'm saying. Like, The Wire is the most accurate depiction of society, whereas like Sopranos, Six Feet Under, that's the most accurate depiction of like individual people. Exactly. And like individual experiences, I guess you could say. Yeah, like the psyche. Yeah. Yeah, the psyche. Um, yeah. Yeah. Before we go on to favorite scenes, let's just do a quick recap of our favorite characters because uh, we had some slight differences in our order. So yeah, Andreas, what was your top five? Uh, sure. Okay. So I had uh, Ruth. David, Brenda, Claire, and then Nate as my number one. And then Hiram is like obviously like the the, the highest at the top. And then uh, yeah, uh, that that jackass from the Kroner Company who's also in Twin Peaks at the very top because he's my favorite. Just a one A one B What's that person's name again? <laughs> I, I don't know, and I don't care. Yeah, I was I was. That's one thing. It's I was a cock beat. I'm happy they dropped that storyline. Like they just dropped the Kroner mm -hmm. shit. Like it, it was okay at the beginning, but like it just kept going. And I was just it like, kind of just went away. I don't yeah. remember how they tied it off. I don't remember how it was. It happened either. very quickly, isn't it? The yeah. phone call where David's like, "We won, we won," but then like something had happened. Something like that. Like yeah. and Nate wasn't like really enthused. I don't remember, but I haven't seen the show abrupt. enough to remember. Yeah, it was very abrupt. <laughs> yeah, it was abrupt. Uh, uh, Luke, what was your top five? Yeah, so my top five was I had Ruth at five. I had david four brenda three claire two nate one Did yeah, you guys have the same. exact same list yeah no <laughs> wait you do did? we yeah yeah yeah, we do. yeah you guys really? have the exact same list ruth, you david, had, brenda, oh yeah you did have ruth at five yeah yeah ruth david brenda claire nate that's crazy that's actually crazy because this that's was insane. one sh this was one show where i was like the characters are going to be very different and like yeah what that that blows my mind i, I feel like it's gotta be like the wire or madman yeah it's like, there's just too many yeah like, in this there's literally five main characters so it's tough like, yeah um but the order is crazy yeah so for me my order was um Stonson. number five david number four brenda number three ruth number two nate number one claire yeah so little uh, similar. A little but, different. Yeah, a little different. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's get on to favorite scenes. So let's just talk about some of our favorite moments. Uh, general favorite in uh, the season four premiere when when Nate's uh, you know abiding by Lisa's wishes to like to like you know bury the body and he's like stomping on like the grave almost and he's like in tears and he's like screaming. Yeah, that is some of my favorite acting in any TV show ever. When like, he buries her. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's like, the whole montage is insanely good. Oh, yeah. But, like, you know, especially, like, the acting as well. I'll never forget, like, in terms of, like, the acting itself, it's, like, hyper real and mm -hmm. just so effective. So, so effective. Um, otherwise, uh, another absolute favorite, outside of the montage of every, everyone's waiting, I love the birth at the start. I think that's oh, yeah. just, like... You know, I touched upon it already, but, like, that's just, like, one hell of a way to, you know, wrap up or, you know, to kick off the finale. Um, otherwise, God, there are so many things. There are, there are just too many things, but I will get into my favorite joke or comedic moment, which is actually in the pilot. So, I guess everything starts all, all's well that ends well, right? Or starts well as well. Um, <laughs> When there's like that random stranger at the uh, at the funeral, and Nate's like, "Oh, you're so right about that," and and the guy just awkwardly leaves, and he's like, "Who the hell was that?" <laughs> like, <that's>, <laughs> yeah. Uh, whenever I show people the pilot, doesn't matter where your sense of humor is, everybody dies at that part. It's just yeah. the greatest yeah. part. <laughs> you're at these events, and you know they're trying their best to console you, and it's like, 
I don't feel like this right now. I don't know who you are. Yeah, so true. Uh, those are some good ones. Uh, Luke, what are some of your favorite scenes? Yeah, so the series ending montage, we already talked about enough about yeah. the montage, but that's yeah. in my top five. Um, the sequence, the montage, I guess you could say, where Nate buries Lisa. Andreas yeah. just talked about that. I think that is, it's stunningly beautiful. Like, I just remember, mm-hmm. like, I let the credits roll for the entire time just mm-hmm. sitting there watching. It's incredible. Uh, Brenda and Nate's fight. Yeah. Really satisfying. Really good to watch. I watched, it was like building up for two whole seasons and just really well done. Um, Claire and David visit Nate at the motel, as I mentioned earlier, one of my favorite yeah. episodes. Um, and another scene I already mentioned, um, Nate's death along with the whole dream, along with the whole dream sequence leading up to it. Um, mm. yeah, those are my top five favorite scenes. Yeah. Obviously, okay. we get a, re- a little repetitive around this time, but like, yeah. Yeah, it's all good. Um, yeah, so one scene that I'm happy to have here, my favorites, because no one's mentioned it. Um, one of my the most like profound lines uh, is the last scene of season four. I don't know if you remember the ending of season four. So it's when David talks to his dad mm-hmm. and it's something about pain where he talks about like, you have to let your pain go. And like, um, he says like, you're, you're alive. You're lucky to be alive. You can do anything you want. And David's like, it can't be so simple. And then he goes, what if it is? Something about that interaction just like blows me away every time. So the season four finale, the ending scene of season four, one of my favorite scenes, hands down. Um, mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. It just hits me so hard. I don't know. Something about like, just like, is life that simple? You know, like it's it's really like thought provoking and beautiful. It kind of relates to what we were saying earlier about David's yeah. character. Like he's like so like yeah. uptight and he thinks everything's so serious. Like, dude, just live yeah. your life. Yeah, exactly. It, it really is that simple. What if it yeah. is? Yeah, it just makes you appreciate life. Like, that's a lot of the show. Um, mm-hmm. It's just so good. I also have Brenda, really and, Nate. I have Brenda and Nate's argument as well, the end of season two. The, that argument's so good. It's just, like, the acting's incredible. And, like, it's one of those arguments that you love because there's no right or wrong person. They're both right. Like, everything they accuse each other of, they're both so toxic. It's just mm-hmm. so satisfying the yep. way they blow up at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this is, like, kind of a subtle scene. So, in early season two, there's a scene where Nate tells David about his illness for the first time. I don't know if you remember this scene. Where he um, breaks down crying and the episode breaks ends down, like that. And, and it like pans out and the dialogue you can kind of hear, but like it's really quiet. Like you can't really hear what he's saying exactly. And the music comes in. I just thought that scene was beautiful. I was like stunned. I was like, oh, that was so Yeah, cool. the dialogue cuts out because it's not necessarily about like what he's saying at mm-hmm. that point. It's just the fact that he's opening up to yeah. his brother. And that's yeah. what's really important. That's why there's no dialogue. Yeah, that's, they, just, my... they, just give you, they just give you their body language. And it's like he's opening yep. up. He's finally telling David about his illness and how scared he is. And it's just so like, Oh, it's so raw and like beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also have Nate hugging Claire and David at the motel. Uh, I also have Nate's dream followed by his death or like his oh, hallucination. Yeah. Um, uh, I have in the series finale, Ruth and Claire, their scene where she tells her, uh, like, oh, she that whole her, finale is packed yeah. with best scenes. Like, she, I can't. She's like, the way she started. says, like, I never had a choice is just so powerful. And like, she, she wants her to have a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, then I also have Nate burying Lisa. <laughs> and then um, lastly, uh, I actually mentioned this scene also in the series finale when um, Nate tells Claire like he spent his whole life scared and he encourages her to go to New York even though she doesn't have the job. Uh, that's my two favorite characters, one of the best scenes. So. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you have any funny scenes to mention? Yeah, I do. Um, <clears throat> I have four. Um, so when Brenda and Nate are fighting... <laughs> Brenda was like, "Don't fucking throw that ring at me. That is show. That is so cliche. I will barf." Yeah. And Nate flicks it. He's like, "There, barf." <laughs> you laughed at that. It that scene was that, so intense that I didn't laugh, even though I know why it's funny. <laughs> I, I 
no, I really felt the intensity of the scene, but I couldn't help but fucking laugh. Yeah. Like, did, I think yeah. it's the delivery too. He, yeah, just the way, even it. the way he flicks it, even the way Peter Krause flicks the ring. Yeah. It's like he's like there, barf. And he's got like that that fantastic yeah. like deadpan or like final say yeah. type of tone in his voice, like a mic drop type of line. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so good. It's so good. And then um, another funny scene is Nate Hyatt. The, Nate gets high at the family dinner. He meant to take on an ad, <laughs> but it's on ecstasy. It's on ecstasy. Yeah. 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 And um, one specific thing about that is David like rolled his eyes at something Nate said. This was after the dinner scene. This is when they're like in the TV room in the side, kind of, mm-hmm. if you know what I'm saying, um, like where the couch is. Yeah. It's Nate, Brenda, and David, and David rolls his eyes, <laughs> and um. And Nate says kind of like in a flamboyant and like kind of like feminine way. He's kind of like mocking David kind of. He's like, he's like, oh my God, that was so totally you. That was so just totally David. And the way he delivers it is it's just so funny. I wrote also when Nikolai was watching Teletubbies. I thought that was fucking hilarious. It's just so funny. It's so funny. That's good. Um, or just Nikolai in general outside of what yeah. being a dick. Nikolai in general. Nikolai. What, what is a Nikolai? Great character. Um, <laughs> And then the other one, it's just whenever Nate gets high, dude. Nate gets high with Brenda, Billy, and the other dude that was staying with Brenda. This is back in season one. Right. And maybe I didn't appreciate it at the time because when I first watched the show, I don't think I'd ever been high in my life. But re-watching the scene, I can appreciate the scene so much more because it's, it's such an accurate depiction of what getting high on marijuana is like. Like the way like sounds that are quiet automatically become loud. Like you, the way you hear sound is just so different. And so like, Nate hears the the music playing in the background and he kind of turns like it's like amplified it's louder and then um and he gets like really paranoid like the way he gets paranoid is really accurate um and he's like at one point he's like uh Brenda was talking to the other dude and Nate's like what fucking language are you speaking I can kind of relate to that because it's like you genuinely can't understand what people are saying sometimes that's if you're just like that's if you're like really high that was like one of the first episodes right that's one that's like episode six or seven yeah yeah Yeah. I remember that it's like that that it's not like a dream sequence it's not even a hallucination it's just like in his head yeah it feels like a dream sequence but or whatever it is yeah it's like what fucking language are you speaking I remember that it's fucking hilarious (laughs) (laughs) it's good shit and um one more thing about that scene is when when Nate says the dude that was staying with Brenda is like, hey, just calm down. And then Nate's like, oh, you just shut the fuck up, cowboy. <laughs> I don't know why he said that, but it was fucking hilarious. Yeah, that's funny because a lot of my funny scenes are just the drug scenes as well. <laughs> like I, it's, so, so it's there's one, gold. Yeah, it's just two things. It's the drug scenes and it's also the dinner scenes. There's a lot of good dinner scenes, not just in Six yeah. Feet Under. I feel like and a lot of my favorite shows, the dinner scenes are always so good. Like the Sopranos. That's when you get, that's yeah. when you get character interaction. Yeah, the Americans has good dinner scenes. The Sopranos, the Six Feet Breaking Under, Bad. Breaking Bad. Like dinner scenes Breaking. are always just gold. Um, yep. But yeah, so for me, I have there's the one Nate high on ecstasy at dinner, and then there's also one with Claire high at dinner, and it's really funny. She's just like oh, yeah. stoned out of her mind. Yeah. And she says, yeah. um, she asks someone to clear the table and then like the women start doing it. She's like, shouldn't the men be clearing the table for once? And then like, and then, uh, and then Rico and Keith clear. And she's like, oh, now it's just the minorities. <laughs> that kills me. So then like, they, they're like, oh fuck. And then like, finally David clears the table and she's like, thank you. <laughs> it just kills me. I mean, That's Alan so funny. Ball, Alan Ball oh, is shit. far from the only person to have like high scenes where for some reason anything he's attached to just does them really well like in American Beauty where it's like uh, like what's his name, Ricky Fitz or whatever. <laughs> it's like, why is this so identifiable for anybody who's ever done it where it's like you're just trying to keep your cool yeah. you're like 
then he just burst out laughing. I don't know. Alan yeah. Ball writes a really good high scene. He does. I think I think the writers of the show, including Alan Ball, it's clear they definitely have experience with ecstasy, marijuana, everything. Yeah, like the way they portray sure, these scenes, sure. it's so accurate. It's yeah. so accurate. It's yeah. actually unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of other funny scenes, we haven't mentioned enough about all the fantasies. There's so many funny like fantasies that they have. Like oh, there's, yeah. one, there, there's one where Keith, uh, David sees Keith as like an angel at the dinner table. That one kills me. There's one where um, David starts like dancing with the vacuum. I think that's early season one. Or he's yeah. like he's vacuuming and then he imagines himself like dancing and shit. It's so funny. Um, there's also one where he, he finds like a Chinese baby in the cupboard. <laughs> I don't know if you remember. Wait, that. what? Why don't I remember that? You don't remember what season that? was that? So David and Keith are talking about adopting a kid. I think it's season four. It's the one God, where they're having the yeah. they're they're like having a uh, argument. One of them wants to adopt and one of them wants like a surrogate. I think. Um, mm-hmm. And then. Yep. Da- uh, David just like goes into the cupboard, like he's like, "Look what I found!" And it's like a Chinese. Oh, baby. now I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look yeah. what I found. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's so funny. Um. Yeah. All the fans are the, so good. Also, the one on the farm where like it's like a chicken. Or, I, I don't remember. Like oh, something shit. hatches from an egg. Yeah, that one's and disturbing because it's, like, it's like I think what happens is Keith suggests that Claire could be their surrogate or something. So he has like this really disturbing like vision of like what Claire's baby would look like and it's all fucked up. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I, I do remember the farm though. The farm is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, it's so disturbing. Uh, Alan Ball's also obsessed with fantasy sequences, but I, between, yeah. I feel like between this and like the later season deaths, again, this replaced like the, the itch that perhaps he felt for having those uh, fake satirical commercials. I feel right. like these fantasy sequences are, are like those those uh, deviations in they the way are. that he wanted, especially like, because mm-hmm. they do yeah. them really, really early on. Like, I think the first one is um, like Claire, Claire imagining yeah. she's like in like a musical and like yeah, yeah. Yeah. David and Ruth are dancing. Which they all they start would dancing. Do. <laughs> Episode yeah. three, I believe. Yeah, that would never have like jazz hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I love the way they it really lightens the show in the beginning because like it is pretty heavy with all the deaths every episode so like I think it just really set the tone like all these fantasies and like the humor and the dark humor is so good these these fantasies kind of have their home in place because it's a show where you know it's not just about life and death but it's also about like beliefs yeah. which are very personal it's also about like the dreams and like you know the comatose states um, so it really is like, you know, like the awake state still having that fantasy because, you know, everybody, uh, is living in their own different way. They have their own little personal bubbles, like how they're feeling. And that includes their daydreams as well. So as, uh, as out there as they are, that they're still always characteristic with the show. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's yep. so true. So last couple things. So let's um, get into criticisms. I, we might repeat ourselves a little bit because we got into this with seasons. But um, does anyone have any criticisms they want to bring up with the show? Yeah. I mean, I kind of uh, touched upon it a little bit. When I was younger and I didn't have a very good sense of, you know, tone or uh, balance or um, writing, I loved season four. And I think it was like my favorite one when I was younger. But, you know, like revisiting it when I was older, I was like, kind of scratching my head like some of it again kind of loses its footing with how exactly it's trying to convey these fantasies or uh some of the stories sometimes they go a little too far and i don't mean that's my dog which it's true it does go too far but i like that Mm -hmm. but in general um i feel like it's just trying too much too much too much um and not necessarily doing everything correctly um outside of that i don't think there's a big problem at all and it's hard to say 
do we just get rid of season four? Because mm-hmm. I don't know if season five would have been as good without mm-hmm. that preceding it. Because it's like a, it, a lot of it is uh, wrapping up. It doesn't retcon anything. It's wrapping up what happened in season four. So that's why I don't mind it that much. I don't mm-hmm. have any major criticisms outside of uh, Hiram being one of the most annoying people and that, that Kroner <laughs> guy being one of the most annoying people. Yeah, this guy fucking hates Hiram. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> he does suck. He's mentioned him so many times. Yeah. Fuck Hiram. <laughs> well, yeah, because, like, you know, Roos, like, oh, you know, like, I, 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 we go hiking together, and it's like, oh, this guy better be cool. And then you see yeah. him, and it's like, yeah, I look like my neighbor's dad. Like, who gives yeah. a shit? He's <laughs> like, so. <laughs> yeah. My um, neighbor's dad. Yeah, that, no, I'm kidding. He's all right. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me of another funny scene. I'll just throw in. Um, there's one in one of the later seasons where Ruth is camping and she has like a sequence where she shoots all of her exes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That shit was funny. I think she shoots Hiram, so fuck Hiram. <laughs> she shoots all of them. She shoots, yeah, she shoots Nathaniel well. even. Yeah, she shoots all of them. That's true. <laughs> um, okay, uh, criticisms though. Yeah, I agree with you. Nothing big just like slight things i would just say there's times in the show where the plot is a little too dragged out and i lose interest just slightly like where i'm like i'm kind of bored during this scene here and there this mm-hmm. episode is kind of slow here and there it doesn't like have gripping plot every episode which is hard to do most shows don't so it's not it's just like a little nitpick where like it's not the most compelling plot sometimes in the later seasons where like it's really the characters that carry the show so which is obviously yep. the most important thing so it's a great show yeah yeah um, yeah, I pretty much agree with you and Andres as well. <clears throat> it's not a flawless show, but at the same time, there's no like big specific moments where I'm like, oh, they dropped the ball here. They're not really. It's like, I guess there's some, from a technical standpoint, there's, there's some aspects that are dated. And then I think early to middle-ish season three, and then like a lot of season four just felt a little dull compared mm-hmm. to like, especially coming off season two, season two was like, perfect every ep- not every episode but it's like pretty much from start to finish season two is perfectly written and no really mm-hmm. real flaws season three it kind of dragged a little bit with the nate and lisa stuff early on but then that last arc really fucking carried um yeah, yeah just small moments like that i guess i i love the show from start to finish it's one of the most consistently good shows ever yeah. i don't have too much to say bad yeah. about the show yeah no it seems like we're all on the same page there um so cool let's uh wrap up we're getting towards the end here so just some fun quick questions for the end so uh the first one uh so what are some of your guys favorite deaths because there are so many good deaths to open all these episodes (laughs) so uh i'll go to you andreas first what's what's your favorite death i've got two favorites um before even the that's my dog thing i used to be on this this music forum when i was like this i was like 10 like I was like 10 or 11, like this was a very long time ago and somebody had posted, <laughs> it just works so perfectly out of context as well. That, uh, that truck with like the blow up sex dolls that just like crashes into something. They start flying cause they're like filled with mm-hmm. helium and this woman yeah. walks out into the street thinking it's like a rapture. Yeah. So that's my second favorite, but my absolute favorite is also very comedic. The guy who accidentally drives over his own head, which I think yeah. is the most insane thing yeah. I've ever seen. Wait, yeah. drives over his own? Yeah. Refresh my head. memory a bit. He's in his car and he's trying to get the paper. And then he so like... He, like oh, it's like, his own car. Yeah, I remember car, that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Of his car and it's still um, like in neutral or something. Fun, fun fact about that. I don't know if you guys remember this, but since I watched it so recently, that guy, they have a hallucination with him later, I think. And it's Chris Pine. He's played by Chris Pine. Really? Yeah, seriously. Go back to that episode. Oh. The guy... 
so that he, he that's before he was famous which is i had no idea that's crazy yeah he was yeah, the, i had no idea the guy did, you figure out that, did you find that out recently or did you just know well, at the time well i just watched the show right so okay yeah true, true. Show, you knew at the he time he shows up in the scene yeah and i was like yeah. holy shit it's chris Pine. yeah because <laughs> it's okay. been so it's been yeah. so long for me so, yeah exactly but yeah um, I do love how for the rest of the episode, they're like, how did he do that? They're like, I don't yeah. know. But it's like, everyone's, we, we saw it. <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, how did he run over his own head? <laughs> yeah. uh, those are mine. <laughs> yeah, those are good picks. Uh, Luke, what are some of your favorite deaths? Yeah. It's hard to think off the top of my head, but in terms of just like shock value and just like, what the fuck, holy shit, I would say the mass shooting one. I think it was the second episode of season three oh, where the yeah. dude goes in and shoots up his workplace. Yeah. That was just like, holy fuck. It's just like a holy fucking shit moment. That's like, oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's the that when I think of it off the top of my head, that's the one that stands out to me though. Just like holy fucking shit. Well, another similar one on that train of thought. Um, uh, honorable mention. We got to give a shout out, which I did earlier. Uh, Gabe's brother. Um, you know, playing with like the gun, thinking it's a toy to start right, off that. True. Episode. That as well. That's right. that's like a very yeah. very. That could be number one for me now that you yeah. mention it. Since we're yeah. talking about really heavy ones. Um, if we're talking about important one, ones like main one, characters involved. Yeah. Well, no, this one's just really heavy. Like, kind of similar to the mass shooting one. They, the fact that they did, um, like a infant syndrome. What's it called? Sudden oh, infant syndrome. Sids. Oh, yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. Sids. That like was that. Heavy. That was season oh. one. That the was season, season one's one. ones were the best. Yeah, that impressed yeah. me. Like, that's ballsy to like have an episode about a baby who dies. Like, that's really heavy. And, and like, he's like, kind of, yeah, like four weeks old. Not yeah, even. Like, like that. That is yeah. ballsy. And yeah. they, they weren't afraid to do it. Yep. Yeah, but uh, my two favorite deaths. Um. So one of them is the one that Andreas mentioned, the rapture, the blow-up dolls in the rapture. <laughs> that one just kills me. Like, That's I just, just so particular. <laughs> so funny. It's so funny. Yeah. Did you, did you guys think of the leftovers when you were watching that? Because that's the first thing I thought I of did. while I was watching I did. A, I that's did. What I thought, yeah. That's yeah. what they look like. like. It's like season one's intro. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. My brother watched Six Feet Under after me. And when he got to that episode, he texted me. He's like, holy shit, leftovers episode? or so, He said something along the lines of that. But yeah. I was just wondering if you guys thought the same thing. Because I thought the same thing when I was watching now. Because so I haven't watched that in like over ten years, so yeah, yeah. yeah now I'm thinking of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. You watched it before the leftovers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and what's the other I, one? I have I have two more actually. Um, so one of them, mm. just in terms of like gruesomeness and like holy shit, <laughs> there's the elevator one. Do you remember the elevator? Yeah, one? that was brutal. Oh, that one <laughs> you was get fun. split in half. Yeah, yeah. you get split in half. I was like, holy fuck. And then um, okay, this is probably my favorite one. So then there's the one where it's not really. I don't even know what it is that kills the person, but it's the one where they keep dragging it out. So it's like there's there's a bird that they release and then this bird ends up shitting on someone and then that person goes to wash themselves in the bathroom and then the guy who owns the store gets mad at him and he calls his wife and then the wife goes outside and then something just falls on her like that death I just remember yep. for five minutes I was gonna I'm say like, that one too who's gonna die who's gonna die like who's gonna die and you just you're on the edge of your seat like how is this still going because they usually wrap them up really quickly but like this one just the way they're playing. so misleading too yeah they're just playing with the audience and I love that they just did that they're like I feel like the rapture one was also very misleading because it's like there's a car accident but that's not where it is it's yeah the woman walking out into the street or whatever but the fact that they go through multiple people was like so deceiving because they never did yeah. that it would like as soon as you see someone in the first scene okay someone here is gonna die but in well, this they, one they don't do that it's like three different scenes and like all these things happening it's so funny well they did that with the mass shooting one as well because like the dude was on the phone and he had the lighter next to the gaslit stove yeah. So yeah. we thought that we thought that's what was going to kill him, but then he heard yeah. the shooting over the phone. Yeah. And I think we we all said how season one the intro deaths were better in season one. Yeah. Well, they were more related to the episode. They yeah. were more related. Yeah. But yeah. as time got on, they ran out of ideas. So yeah. 
in order to become more unpredictable, they had to become yeah. more misleading. So we got a lot more misleading yeah. cold opens as the show went on. Yeah. A lot more stuff like you mentioned. Yeah, you're right that there's multiple where they're like, obviously they realized everyone knows the death is coming. Time to like trick them as best we can. Yep. But the one that I mentioned is just like the most bizarre in terms of like, like so many different things happened. Like it, yeah. took, like, it took the longest time. It was multiple events and it kept it was going like, on. It was yeah. a chain of events like through different yeah. people, which was just like so funny. And I don't even know what killed her. Something just falls from the sky. Like That's so realistic though. Cause yeah. like wrong place at the right, wrong place at the wrong time. That happens in real life. It's kind of yeah. like the, butter yeah. the, the butterfly effect. Exactly. That's why it's so clever. Yeah. 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 Also, if you go on Wikipedia, it actually gives you the deaths for each episode, but it's like, some of these don't even matter at all where it's like, a woman dies from like ice falling off a plate. It's like, all right, get back to the plot. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's not pertinent at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this not, isn't not season one anymore. Yeah. It has yeah, nothing exactly. to do with the shit. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <Just> like, <laughs> back to the main characters now. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, back to Nate. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, one more thing I want to mention. There was some. There were, I liked the ones where it was like multiple people. I think an entire family got wiped out one time. Yeah. There like was, it was a, a car crash. Get into a car crash. That was brutal. <laughs> yeah. And one and more thing. When the lady got beheaded. That was insane oh. as well. Oh, yeah. When she's or out does, of the car, she's at the top yeah. of the car. Yeah. 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 Sorry, I was just going to say, doesn't somebody get, like, ground up in, like, a mixer at work or something? Yeah. Like, that was, like, episode one, two. That's the I early, oh. early ones, yeah. <laughs> episode yeah. three, I believe, actually. Episode three. Yeah, because I think that's the one where Rika was like, this is, like, my Mona Lisa or whatever, because, like, you had to, like, yeah. do, like, all the scars. Yeah, I like that part of Rico's character where he's, like, always got a... Like, he's the most, like, crafted skillsman or yeah. whatever the fuck. What's it called? I don't know what those are called. He, he's the most, like, yeah. Yeah, there's um, a specific word for that. Joke, mortician? Right? Mortician, yeah, I, I think. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that's always Well, good. David's a mortician. Whatever. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's a mortician, yeah. yeah. Okay, so last question. Um, we're going to wrap this up. So uh, this is just fun to do. Um, I think I already know Andreas's answer. I just realized. Uh -oh. uh, so least favorite character. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, now i got to actually really think about this. Um, oh, I know. Least favorite character. Okay, I'll just say mine. So I don't know. She's actually entertaining, but... She pissed me off so many times. Um, uh, Brenda's mom. I fucking hated Brenda's oh, mom. Oh, yeah. No, I hated Brenda's mom the whole show. It's just like every time she showed up, I was just like, fuck you. Like everything she says is just cruel. And it's just I agree. like, shut up. Like, Not yeah. my least favorite, but yeah. She's, I kind of I like it. She's like good co um, comic relief. That's yeah. why I like her at the same time. Fair when enough. she was like bawling at Nate's funeral and she was like annoying everyone. Yeah, that pissed me off too. Um, do you guys have any least favorite characters? I know I've brought up Hiram a lot, but yeah. that's mostly just like kind of in jest because it's easy to crap on the guy. He's actually not that bad. I, I am serious about the Kroner guy. Yeah. That guy is like if uh, if like a very bad cold or like a nagging STD was like a real person who just won't leave you alone, that's him personified. Like it's just <laughs> so irritating. And He's like, popping up out of nowhere. Yeah. Whereas yeah. like the actual like head honcho of Kroner, who you find out about at like the. Yeah. I think it's the finale season of season one. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, yeah and then like uh, she's like the main villain of, of like the rest of season two until the whole Chrono thing is dropped. She's actually like, I, I still don't like her either because she's like you know an antagonist, mm -hmm. but like she's actually like still like this presence. Whereas the other guy's just like a flea, like just fuck off already. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's my answer. I don't even remember his name, but he's also irritating in Twin Peaks, by the way. Okay, there you go. I'm sure he's <laughs> a nice guy, but I think yeah. Nathaniel Junior. Like. And Nate's figment of imagination, Nathaniel Jr. like came and he called him like a Nazi fuck or something like that, or not like a Nazi prick or something like that, or Nathaniel Senior. Sorry, Nathaniel. I was gonna Senior. say 
That's Nate. Him. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was like, I was like, you hate Nate? <laughs> Nate Jr.? No, Nate Sr., sorry. Favorite character? Yeah, no, I got you. Um, Nate Sr. was One great. Too many for, but I get what you mean. He's always being cruel, but I loved whatever he should. It kind of reminded me of Dexter. You know how in Dexter he sees his dad all the time? Yep. Like, the fact oh, that yeah. it was, I like wonder a, if that's where they got the idea. They casted Michael C. Hall. The, yeah, the maybe they, they ripped dad. it off. They ripped it off six feet under. Maybe I don't know. Was <laughs> there any lumberjacks in six feet under? I don't remember. <laughs> Good question. One was <laughs> the best series finale ever. One was yeah. the worst series finale yeah. ever. Michael C. Hall's in both. What do you know? Yeah, he's yeah. been at the top and he's been at the bottom in terms yep. of series finales. Yeah. I've thought about the same thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my least favorite character, however, I don't know if you guys agree because you already mentioned yours, but Rico's sister-in-law. Oh, so, great. Benet- Vanessa's sister. Fuck She's her. the worst. She's oh, the absolute worst. That's a great. I trick. can't remember specifically what was wrong with her. I can't remember. Well, but she was really, always so. She was just very, very controlling. Of like, this is my sister. Like you don't like Tariko, where she's like. She's yeah. like always crashing at their house. Like she's just like taking advantage of the fact that she can stay there. And she was just being a mess. And like Rico would try to like be like, this is my house. And she just wouldn't accept it. And like, she just. And she's so, so hateful. She's treating she was, Rico. She was so yeah. entitled. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. treating Rico like he's the problem. Like she doesn't like see that she's toxic as well. Yeah. Also in such a cliche way. Uh, she's an aspiring actress, so it's like, oh, of course, like, there's, like, that side of it, too, where uh, it's always that cliche, where yeah. it's like, uh, not only is she annoying, but she's an aspiring performer, and it's like, uh, yeah. th- that's her excuse for just crashing here and not doing anything and just being a thorn in his side. It's like, that they use that a lot in a lot of shows, and it's like, that's also kind of overdone, <laughs> I mm. think. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> It yeah. explains why they're there all the time, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Uh, this was a lot of fun revisiting Six Feet Under. Um, for me, it was like revisiting a show I watched last month. For Andres, it was like how many years? It's been a decade. It's actually been a, a decade. decade. Yeah. Yeah. But you rewatch? do you rewatch sometimes? I, the random I, episodes? Uh, clips. Clips and things. Clips, I yeah. Because okay. uh, as Gabe could tell you, I just love start to finish. So True. I mean, for me, that's tough because it's like that's sixty-two episodes. I know people like rewatch The Office all the time, and that's 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 totally awesome. Mm. I find it so hard to do that. The only shows that I've like rewatched more than once in full are Seinfeld and and Twin Peaks, which already are like huge undertakings. Uh, Twin mm. Peaks is the show I've seen the most. I've seen uh, all of it entirely about three or four times. Um, Have you at least but, seen the series finale more than once, or like no? Uh, of like, six feet under yeah the last episode yeah yeah and i've i've yeah. i've absolutely seen the montage oh yeah like, just almost on a yearly basis i revisit it yeah yeah and it, it all comes rushing back again I, I revisit scenes a lot but it's um i've shown a lot of people the pilot and it depends on who wants to keep watching like my family yeah. or my friends or my girlfriend so then, mm-hmm. then like that's how it kind of goes or it kind mm-hmm. of went back in the day i'd like and that's why it's been like 10 years since i've seen the whole thing Right. I've seen a lot of it since. You know, mm. it's just one of those things. So I've seen I've seen it uh quite a bit. I I would love to revisit it one day. But you know yeah. me. I I've got to see it from start to finish. Yeah, yeah. I think the best way to end this is just talk about how good that series finale is. <laughs> just because the uh, way that, that show ends, the way the podcast ends, you know, just that fucking montage. Yep. It's just such a work of art. Just it elevates the show into a work of art, just the way it, I feel like this is the kind of show that like if I like knock on wood, but like that's something that I love about Six Feet Under is like 
it's it's a show that talks about how we all have to deal with death at some point like we're all gonna have to deal with our parents death or like a sibling's death like at some point it's it's no one wants to talk about it but like we're all gonna die and shit so like i feel like if if i ever have like a death at some point that i have to deal with later on i honestly think rewatching the show would like help me get through that like that's how powerful the show was and like the way it ended is just like it's so deep. I just love it. I think about that all the time. Like, how much yeah. more relatable would the show be if I yeah. had like a really close, a really close loved one die, like a brother exactly. or, a, or a parent? Yeah. yeah. Which uh, it it sucks because it's a double edged sword. On one hand, we're very fortunate that, that hasn't happened, but on the other mm-hmm. hand, it means it's coming. Yeah. And it's all gonna happen like all bam, 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 one, one after the other. So yeah. it's 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 fucked. We have to face it either way. Yeah. Um, I think that's why I, I went for a bike ride on my own after I finished it. Cause like, I was just thinking about like the way Claire's driving and her life flashing before her eyes. It's just like, I it was, I was like grappling with my own death and shit. Like when's like, that's how deep that last episode was. Yeah. It's like time I, I flies, like, time flies, feel, you know, that's, that's what it I is. I feel like it's such a disservice that I watched it as like a late teenager. Cause let me tell you, like it's it stuff that I think about every day and it's like, I'm sure I would anyway. Cause like, you know, time is something that we all think about, but like, like these things specifically it's like this this really did shape who i who i became and mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm like cognizant and i i think you know that's one of the many reasons why i have to like w- when i do something i gotta finish it as quickly as possible tv shows books whatever because like i could die tomorrow and like unfortunately i feel like this is, this is the root cause of that because yeah. i watched it so young and it, it shaped who i am like yeah you mm-hmm. don't know when you could go you could drive over your own head like you could do yeah. anything uh yeah. I, I will say that it is like to go back to the finale. Um, it wraps everything up in a way that no other show ever has in a, in a very bold way. Cause game of Thrones, it's like, well, now we know such and such happens with, uh, with the Sopranos. Oh so, well, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, with the, Sopranos, uh, the Sopranos has a very um, bittersweet ending. I know it's like pretty polarizing, but like, you know, narratively it's still like, you know, wrapped up in a way, or the wires wrapped up in a way, where it's like, oh, now we know the fates of these characters. No, you literally know the fates in this show. Yeah, like this is it. It's done. You don't need to find out the rest. What they yeah. ate one of these days, or yeah. how so and so got married. It doesn't matter. Like it's done. It's complete finito, and there's no way it could have been topped. And mm-hmm. that's that's like insanely yeah. bold. Yeah, yeah, I think that's part of why. Um, I like I honestly in terms of like my favorite shows would put six feet under like ahead of shows like Breaking Bad and The Wire because even though if you break it down and like in terms of flaws I would say Breaking Bad and The Wire are like better constructed but they don't leave you with a feeling of like this is gonna stick with me for the rest of my life the way I honestly think if I have like a death like a death of a loved one it will affect my experience like six feet under that's the way it speaks to me like it will actually affect the way I think about death. And that's why I put it ahead of certain shows that are technically more like have less flaws. I don't care. Six feet mm-hmm. under means more to me. It's also part of why I have lost high. Cause like lost is kind of like my six feet under for, cause Andreas like lost is the show for me. Whereas like I have a special attachment cause of like watching yeah. it so long ago. So like, that's yeah. another reason it's so special. Yeah. The ending. Yeah. Yeah. Any last thoughts? Um, uh, tomorrow's another day. Let's live life to the fullest. I love Let's it. Let's see what six feet under taught us. <laughs> yeah. Let's live life can't to the fullest. can't top that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Th- <laughs> thanks to any six feet under fans who listened. Uh, we appreciate it. And, uh, we'll see you in the next one. Bye.